everyone, welcome to episode 606 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. I thought you were gonna I thought you might introduce me today and to Michael, try and to try and save my voice. Today we're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 11th and the 15th of December. That's episodes 11,133 to 11,137. Michael's still got a cold. I'm pretty much I'm I'm on the way up. Thank you everybody for your patience and waiting for day day's episode. We'll endeavour to make it worth the wait. Yeah, no, I've not been very well this week. Somebody said that I mentioned it last week on the podcast, but I can't remember that because I thought I woke up on Saturday with it. But yeah, sore throat turned into... You know, I went to school on Monday and I was just feeling a bit down. By break time on Monday, so like half past ten where I'd done one one lesson's worth of teaching, I could I could barely speak. So I've been, I've been um, uh, amusing Gemma with all my croakiness and... Um, complaints this week haven't I did you, you always love it when I'm ill yeah well I think you might have given it to me but I hope I haven't so thank you everybody who uh, who tuned in on Monday night for our interview with Charlie DeMello we um, were going live on Monday oh, did we do it live no we didn't do it live we I recorded it live with him and I think Tuesday was when I put it up online. It's so long ago and I don't remember. But thank you to everybody who came along to that on YouTube. It was lovely to have Charlie back on the podcast again to talk about his Doctor Who role. We were originally going to record it on Tuesday, but I figured that I had not much of a voice. I had about 40% of a voice on Monday evening and I was predicting, you know, pretty much zero by Tuesday. And I was right. So um, thank you, Charlie, for rearranging. And... Gemma, did you enjoy Charlie and Doctor Who last Saturday? We were looking forward to oh, it yeah, greatly. Oh yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, we haven't did talked you? about that yet. No, I guess it's been so haven't. long since our last podcast. Not in it much. No, he was a puppet. He was a puppet eventually, wasn't he? Yeah. But the fun thing is, in the trailer for the for the episode, where the toy maker is kind of leering over the camera with the oh, with, with the strings in his strings. hand. That was Charlie that on the end of Charlie those strings. Did. Yeah. So we we um, he was the first character that appeared in the episode. Yeah, wasn't he, was. he was in the cold open, and he we got saw him third going billing. through. He did get. I know. Yeah. Um, and we were there thinking, oh, I hope he doesn't get killed before the credits because he was he was interacting with a villainous toy maker, and he did make it past the credits, but he was only in one scene after that. So wow. not exactly the um, lead role. Well, you know, secondary to Doctor and uh, and. Also face Catherine Tate than we'd have we'd have hoped, but it the was still. His name is Donna. Donna, thank you. But it was still quality well, role. Lovely listen, to see him. Who wouldn't have been wanting to be in Doctor Who? What a great um, role for Charlie, and I'm so pleased. Also, I hope you got Disney money for that. I know. I hope so as well. It was on, <laughs> yeah, he was he was talking to me, and he was saying that that was one of the things he'd always you know it was on his bucket list of acting jobs that it's he wanted. Okay. And um, he got there, so uh, you never know. Maybe, maybe Charles Banerjee will <laughs> appear again one day Listen, in the Doctor Who universe, or maybe the Doctor will just regenerate in Charlie's face. We've seen this happen before, so we have. The fact that he was in Doctor Who uh, does not preclude him from appearing as a different character. Um, so that's good. Yeah. And he was great. He was great, he and was it was great. and it was a good episode. It's a good solid episode, wasn't it? The whole of these three. The, the, the 60th anniversary specials I've been so so pleased with such a turnaround from the dirge and the drudge that was uh, the last couple oh of years were well I, I really liked the second episode where they were alone on the spaceship I liked Charlie's episode because the toy maker was just really good fun um, yeah I think the first was the weakest of them but it was still yeah. not a bad episode and um, we got to see um, Shooty as the Doctor. Yes, surprising. And, and I've learned how to say the name you have, correctly. You're pronouncing it right Gosh, now. And, um, and of course there was the trailer for the Christmas episode with Millie Gibson in at Yay! the end as well. I was kind of hoping that we'd get that and it didn't let me down. Now, I mean, I'm well, honestly not 
uh, the the trailer for it. No. Ooh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too sure. <laughs> I don't <laughs> really like... like pirate themed things, and oh. this is kind of a goblet pirate oh, themed thing. I love pirates. I I'm not that into pirates. Oh, I, I have them. to say. Pow- I've I've discovered a um in my later life because obviously now I'm forty. One. You're in the thing. Uh, you're in the second half, Jim. Um, I have realised I like pirates and cowboys. Well, there weren't any cowboys in this. No, I know, but I'm just saying. Okay. I know, as a child, I was, you know, young little girls are never encouraged to enjoy pirates and and cowboys because I guess we don't really have many female um, uh, characters. Jesse from Toy Story Two. Yeah, that's true. And who was that? It was a famous female pirate who was really cool. I can't remember. Uh, Elaine anyway. from Monkey Island Games. <laughs> um, I just think great. Also, brilliant fashion. Who? Pirates and cow and cow cowboys. Okay. But anyway, anyway, I'm 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 looking forward to obviously to, to seeing Million Doctor Who. I cannot wait to see her full series, which I think starts in March, April time. But yeah, I'm I'm not as excited about the Christmas Day no, episode as I would be if I liked the idea of the plot better. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what their dynamics going to be. I already very much me... like Shooty's Doctor. Yeah, he's um, great. Oh, but he's yeah, great, but I know he's going to wind people up. He's going to wind some people up, I know. He, he might wind me up still. Oh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, if you haven't checked out our interview with uh, Charlie DeMello yet, it's there on our YouTube channel or on our podcast feed. Go and have a look. We still managed to get a whole hour out of it, despite it only being a short scene, and he was talking about how he got the part, and, you know, some of the behind-the-scenes secrets, a little bit about what he's doing next as well, um, and also a GoFundMe that he yes. has, and his friends have been setting up for his friend Dave, who's uh, very very sick at the moment and um, we have seen that some a couple of podcast oh, listeners so have already donated to that since since the interview's gone out so who, thank who you very, have very, very because much. I recognise some people who've been quite generous um, if you want to help um, this GoFundMe that, that Charlie came on the show to talk about you can go to his Instagram page Charlie DeMello and he's got that link there we, we have also got the link on our page as well well there you go no excuse yes. but anyway hope good luck with that Charlie um, and okay, so that's that's it. That was one big thing that's happened in the past week. Second, hang on, hang on. What? Um, definitely recognise Amber on this list. Oh yes, here. very generous. Um, I'm going to say if you have um, donated to this, let us know and we'll send you a postcard. Oof. Not very. It's not. It's not much. I, wow. I, I was going to say something else, but I don't know whether we've got anything I don't else know in stock. We've got anything else. If we've got anything do. cool in stock, we'll send you something. If you can send us to, to show that you've donated to um, the GoFundMe. Then, uh, I'm sure we'll be able to find something we'll, else we'll in there. We'll send you well. something. Um, so the second big thing that happened this week is that the Conversation Street Awards 2023 launch, which is our 12th annual awards show. This has been going for the a very, very long time. 12th annual Conversation Street um, Awards. And we have seen from the numbers that um, a lot of you have been voting already. So thank you very much for that. Now, what we, of course, usually do when the awards launch is put out a bonus episode or a, or a middle section of a podcast back in olden days, um, going through all of the nominees and talking about why we picked them. Well, and trying not to show try, who Trying not to show any bias. Um, we haven't been able to do that this year yet, obviously because of my voice, but there are still plans um, within the next few days to get that episode out there because although a lot of you have voted, we know how many people listen to this, we know how many people have voted, not everybody listens to this has voted, so you might just want to yeah. wait till that episode to help make up your mind. Can you imagine if they had, um, if if the hosts of the Oscars did what we do when we have our nomination show and we talk about the nom- nominees and they're like, oh yeah, we've got... Um, 
We've got who's an actress? I don't know. Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. She's she's one of the nominees. I mean, I, she, it wasn't the best performance from her, in this world, <laughs> to be honest. But she's a very she's famous. At least one of the- one she's of the one top. of the she's, main she's ones. She's one of the main films. She's one year, of so. the. She's yeah. So we've put her in there. We've well, also I, got. I think that all of our nominees <laughs> deserve to be there. Although I am obviously more in favour of some. It's just than really hard to not insert your <laughs> unwanted opinion yes. about some of the um, some of the things that happen. Okay. <laughs> right, and we also on. have got a new award of this year, the Garraway Award, which is our best filming location, um, filming shoot scene, that's it. Best shot film. Best shot <laughs> film. Best scene shot on location. We've added a new one this year, the Garraway Award, and um, we'll talk more about that in the bonus Michael's episode. I'm trying sure. to um, steer the, the production towards this because we all know that everyone on Coronation Street is dying to get one of these awards. Um, yes. So, so more... who do, so who gets the award though? Who gets the award? Um, I'm going to say whoever it was that came up with the idea. Yeah, we'll, get we'll go to the then, location and we'll loca- drop off. No, we'll oh, just lo- chuck it in the canal if that scene wins. Or <laughs> like the local local tourist board for that very specific stretch of the canal gets it. Yeah. Or you know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to um influence your votes here. By the way, you can vote for anything even if it isn't a canal. <laughs> um, I don't or even th- the I location think the canal scene. I don't think we. I don't think that. we did. Location manager. Yes. But they would get all of them, wouldn't they? Nobody gets an award, darling. I'm sorry to say. One person gets an award. Nobody gets an award. Oh, yes. What? One person does, but we can't talk about that. We cannot talk about that. Um, right, so go and vote for that if you haven't. Or wait around a few days. Maybe even less. I don't know. It depends. We might record it after this. Depends if my voice holds out. Um, and then we will maybe help you make your final decisions. I think we should stop. I think we should start giving everyone an award. You reckon? Yeah, an actual really physical do. award. Yeah. Yeah. So they compose with it on social media. Yeah. See, those I Talk Telly Awards came out recently, um, and Kate Fitton won the best new soap star of whatever it's called. And um, I don't really know much about what that is, but they've not been going along as us, and they've got proper physical awards. Okay, well, let's do it then. Well, maybe we should. We just don't have the money for it, but we'll see what we can put together. Anyway. Well, hang on. Speaking of Patreon money, we are mm. going to donate. Um, oh, yes. Uh, December's December's money which comes out at the end of December not the beginning Um, thank you to the person who signed up um, for the dollar but they did it for a year didn't they so all of that money yes, goes to... Brandy Champion joined us this what week a champion. on Patreon. That's, that a, champion. that's a champion yeah. move by so Brandy. Tarles. All of that money goes towards the um, towards the total. Yes. So good job there. Um, but just to, you know you, you only get to access I feel bad because uh, you don't get access to anything for the for the dollar. No, but you get you get just. But like you get a to nice donate the money towards the um towards a charity. You we're do if you pick sign up in December, an M and D charity. We haven't we haven't decided, or we haven't worked out which one. But. Well, we probably the, there's probably not many to choose from, but we will decide. Well, there's different for ones sure because the there's the also month. the book people, aren't there? Oh yes, there are. Right, people. are we done on um, that now? Yes, we are done with that. Have you got a quiz for me? I've been waiting for this for like two days. Mm-hmm. I do. Yes. And I got the dates right and everything this time. Did you? Well done. And it's tragic, really, because I've I've only got a few more weeks of threes and eights. It's going to be fours. What's it going to be? Fours and fours nines. Fours and nines. I can't do this. Yeah, you can. You're doing a great job. You're doing a grand job, lads. <laughs> What's my quiz questions? Uh, <laughs> 11th to the 15th of December, and years ending in a three and eight. You got this information from. Coronationstreet.fandom.com. But all the mistakes are my own. 
Go for it. 11th of December 1968. Minnie decides on a name for her new stray cat. What is it? Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what she does. Um, Bobby. Okay, I think she no. calls it Bobby. Sunny Jim. Yes, Sunny Jim. I can't remember which way I got really it was. obsessed with this, right? Because Sunny Jim, my, my nan and granddad had a dog that called, they called Sunny. And so the name Sunny Jim has got a personal connection to me because this dog was like, you know, yeah. the, the second grandchild. <laughs> um, so the phrase Sunny Jim, I was like, where did the hell, the hell did that come from? And it's it was quite a, um, a new, like, what's the word? It was it was popular in the 60s, but it hadn't really been used before. Oh, then. okay. And it looks like there were two advertising brands in the in the US that used Sunny Jim and one of them was like Force Flakes or some kind of weird <laughs> cereal. Is that what Darth Vader has for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> and it, and uh, it's like if you eat this you'll become <coughs> if you eat this you'll be a Sunny Jim. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember. I knew that Minnie's original cat was Bobby obviously but I couldn't remember whether the replacement that she found was just replaced, renamed Bobby as in tribute or yeah. Oh, well, that's my excuse. And I'm wrong. So, next question. Let 12th me see if I can of get December, 2008, when Tony and Carla return from their honeymoon, what does Tony discover Maria has been saying about him? Oh, Because um, not he wears a merkin. Gosh. Um, that he killed Jed Stone. No. No, I'm too early for that. I was thinking of Sandy Jim. Well, I think it's this. He Go murdered on. Liam. That makes more sense, because that's what I don't think she knows who Jed Stone is. Not yet. I don't think she cares. 13th of December, 2013. Brian and Julie are having relationship issues. And because she wants a child, and he wants to move where and do what? Oh, he wanted to move to Wales to become a museum bloke. Yes, Wrexham, specifically. I'm not thing for Wales. We all know that I love Wrexham. Do we, um, is that one point or two for me? Um, you get two then, don't you? I do, museum bloke. Now, um, Wrexham's very famous now, so I think Ryan, Ryan, uh, Brian missed out, didn't he? Why is Wrexham famous? Because of the Wrexham football club thing, isn't it? Yes, the Wrexham football club Well, who's that guy? We all Um, know about that. What's his name? This man, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Oh. But the reason I like Wrexham is because of the stone heads. Pikachu. Yes, Detective Pikachu bought Wrexham Football Club. Okay. That's right. But okay, I like, okay. Well, I like the stone heads. Okay. Everybody loves the stone Next heads question. of Wrexham. <laughs> when we go into areas of my interest, suddenly you don't care, but you waffle on about I Detective just assume Pikachu. that all the podcast listeners are just as interested in I'm the things that I'm interested in as I am. I'm a new podcast about the Wrexham stone heads. Next. 14th of December 2003, who tampers with the brakes of Martin Platt's car? And it's not me. Craig Harris. Yes. 15th of December 2008. Now, this is interesting. (laughs) I love it when you say that. Unlike the other ones. Right. How much money does Tony offer Maria to keep quiet about Liam's murder? Oh, I don't know. £10,000. It was a million pounds. What? A million pounds? Do you not think that's the biggest bribe ever on Coronation yeah. Street? Yeah. Crikey. Why did he even have a million pounds? Mm. Dodgy criminal dealings. Well, did he? Is he the richest man that's ever been in Corrie? I as don't a main know. character? I don't... Wow. We could do... A, we could do... Um, 
Curry Rich list. Yeah, Curry Rich. We should do, do that. Everyone write in. Who do you think the richest person to ever be on Curry? Who else main character. Has been rich? Not some. Not like uh, any of the what they call what they called the Newton and Ridley people. They don't count. They're not Why? main characters. They're not main characters. They're not main main. characters. Okay, so we want... Who are the richest main characters? I mean, maybe Henry counts as a main character, but he's he's not had a robust enough um, count, has he? I'm sorry. It's got to be over 100 episodes. I wonder how rich Mike Baldwin got to be. Yeah, I know. How do you work it out? Don't know. They're all far richer than they have any right to be. Okay, that's the end. What did you get? Um, I got I got three out of six for that one. Fifty percent. That's all right. Right. Who has got a birthday this weekend and beyond? Sixteenth of December. Nicholas Cochrane. He played Andy McDonald. Happy birthday for yesterday. Eighteenth of December. Director Mervyn Cummin. Twenty first of December. John Quayle. He played Anthony Stevens. Malcolm Hebden. Played Norris Cole. Christabel Finch. He was Tracy Barlow the first. And Daniel Brocklebank. He plays Billy Mayhew. Brockers. Happy birthday, everybody. Yes. So, this week's curry was quite good, wasn't it? Should we talk about it? Yeah, okay. It's time for the plot thing. Street talk. That's what we call it. <laughs> um, street talk. Yeah, I thought Coronation Street was quite good this week. Um, like, pleasantly surprising. It, we, we, we ended up giving it quite a few bang-ins on our street talk shorts, didn't we? And it was partly, well, mostly due to the Ryan, Daisy and Daniel story, which we have been not so Cracking keen on. all over. So recently. But Awful it was people, good. Nice bit of Nice bit of climactic action there. So mercurial. One minute we like something, next week we hate You've it. You've just got to make it good, Coronation Street. And oh, then, they, we, cri- then they, we just stop criticising it and say, try. well done and give you a good pat on the back. But I think also this week, there was really only four stories. And I I think having that the, the smaller number of stories in a week <laughs> does always help. I mean, you do get the very rare occasions, like after Seb's murder, when the whole of the show will be taken up by one story, uh, and that was great. Um, but yeah, this week we had the the Ryan and Cheating story, which we're going to start with, taking up the vast majority of the screen time. We also had the Evelyn Dog story, um, which I'm calling the Canine at number nine this week. I was th- sitting here reading it, going, "What's I don't get it." When you said out loud. At number nine. Although, K-9. Although Taylor wasn't actually at number that was nine a good for film, doing wasn't it? that. That was a really nice, not particularly high stakes. I know there was hostages. I know there was being punched well, in the just, face. Just I know there was the threat of arrest. But it, it didn't feel such like mega high drama as everything else. And it and it didn't feel too unrealistic. So I enjoyed it. <sighs> hmm? I just wonder why was there a kidnapping in it? It wasn't the what? The hostage taken. The hostage, you're like, what? Just. Like, I didn't mind too much. Said, it was over. And we need something with. to put in the guide to make this more exciting. Oh, I, I did, it didn't bother me. I, I know, but you just. Okay, my problem with it is, and it's not really a big deal, I know. I'm making more of a big deal about it than I should be. But, just hope I'm not criticising. But listen, um, don't don't be having hostages and kidnapping in a, in a story like this because. You want to save that for when you want it to have a dramatic impact. Well, it had somewhat. I'm just of a dramatic... saying. Okay. Well, it was. I thought this it was is the okay. Second... How many kidnappings fine. have we had this year now? Probably quite a few. How many women have had hands put over their mouths by yeah, nasty bad guys? Let's let's. Jenny stop. and Evelyn can start a support group up Violent at the community centre. Can't women. they? <laughs> well, and of course there was uh, old Toya as well. So, so got gagged. Of. 
Yeah. What's he always thinking? <laughs> um, Read and Writing is next, which is all about Stephen Reed's journal that has been uncovered. And, you know, there's something about a, a long dis- a long lost yeah, and recently it. discovered... Yeah, long lost, though. Well, not too long lost, but journals on... When somebody finds, oh, a character wrote this and they're not around anymore, I'm always like, I can't Yay! wait to see what's in it. Even if this case it's just a load of business... Um, catchphrases no, and, I and, think it's hilarious. and silly doodles what and passwords. Nobody uses a filofax as a diary except <laughs> Stephen Reid. What are you doing? I loved it. And of course, there was also the um, the laptop that was found. The very, very old oh, you laptop. you didn't you? Did I hate it? We'll get well, to no, it. Well, no, you were moaning all the way through. Going, it's not a file, it's a folder. I, I did have that little... Yeah, Jenny found a folder that was locked and she and Carla were calling it files all the way through the week. But... I just wonder right, if they it? had to say it because it might confuse people. But who's 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 that who's, old? Then they're confused by the concept of a folder on a computer. But don't you think the computer itself looked like really ancient? Yeah, it it was very chunky. It looked like one of like my my first laptop from the Stephen early two thousands or the late nineties. Stephen Reed, obviously, you know his his woes were because he was bankrupt. And looking from the, his lifestyle, I can I can guess that a lot of that went on being flashy and having a nice car and suits. So why is he lugging around a laptop that looks like it was made out of Lego? He did have financial troubles this year. That's though, what I'm saying. That's but what I'm saying. He didn't... Ha- he didn't... Did... If, yeah, but if you're going to sell everything because you're poor, you would still keep your laptop because, you first of all, you don't get a good price for him secondhand. And secondly, you need that for your business mm. in, don't you? I tell you what, never mind the whole punch. I think that that laptop would have absolutely um, killed Teddy had he been whacked around the head of that. Yeah, he's that was That was more heavy duty. I think it was more reliable. He, he lucked out when the whole punch worked. The laptop, that would have been a surefire hit. Mind you, well, if you can keep a laptop running that long, then it's probably... By well, he, didn't, he didn't use it very much, did he? No, he didn't. I, I showed you a screenshot. <laughs> I, of course, I had a look, and when Jenny was looking on the screen and seeing all the folders that were there, and like there was one that was opened at the beginning of October that was this um, Seagull Industries folder, and then there were a couple from um, previous weeks or for a few weeks before that that were called Rovers One, Two, and Three. Then it went back to like there was one in August, one in April, mm-hmm. and that and this was his most recently used files. So according yeah, to that, he, do he doesn't really do anything on the laptop apart from plot to buy the Rovers, possibly book his holiday, <laughs> yeah, and also holiday. Look, do dodgy look seagulls at things stuff. on the internet. Yeah, that's so, we're looking at. Anyway, we're not supposed to look Just at Just imagine like the person who did who was putting all the, the graphics together for this game. You know they're gonna. And so he's looking over at their shoulder going, they're going to go on about this online. They're going to take a Anyone who designs anything like that like, must I know don't care. that sad nerds, nerds like us are going to pause it and go, bent. wow. And I did think it looked a little bit, it wasn't quite as bad as Windows 3.1, but it was certainly no modern operating system that Stephen was running there. Well, I but, think that the graphics department needs to work harder on their computer inf- interface. I think they did a jolly good job. <laughs> they did a better job with that than they did Ardy's gaming console the other year. I will give oh, you that Oh, hang one. on. <laughs> um, finally, and this I guess could have also been the storyline title for what was going at number nine, we've got Alfie Saint Pet. Alf Widdishen's pet. Which, uh, what? That's what you say in this country. You say I Alf Widdishen's pet. Alfie saying pet is our old um, Geordie, everyone's favourite Geordie chef, Stu, saying ta to Dom as he heads off to Deutschland in search of his long-lost family, which seemed to appear out of nowhere this week. Um, so. What a... What a story that is, isn't what, it? What a great so story So I'm going to do all was. the summary because you, Michael won't... Yeah, but... Michael wants me to, he said. I, 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 my voice is not too bad at the moment. There's a slight, you know, you can hear that there's a bit of a eh to You've it. You've got a bit of a Jessica Rabbit 
Sound, we watched we, we did watch you very much rabbit again last night very good um yeah so i fear that if i do all the synopses i might have nothing left by the end Too but nasty. i'm sure that won't stop me interrupting you at every oh, yeah. available moment to offer my thoughts and stupid jokes so Gemma, without further ado over to you for the ryan and cheating story i thought you were gonna do a rhyme then i know i was i was it's building ryan myself up one. one but i couldn't think of oh, one well. What's right. Ryan and Daisy and Danny been up to the scamps this week? On Monday, Carla is not happy because Ryan is thinking about moving to Glasgow and she is concerned that this is a big life change for, for him. And he's like, um, are you ready for it? And he's like, yes. And she says, okay, I'll back you. And then when Daisy comes into the cafe, Ryan blanks her. And she's still looking for jobs, but she's not having any luck. Daniel asks Ken to look after Bertie later. And... He, he he knows, doesn't he? At the beginning of this week, he knows. He he's yeah, last he week he saw this video of yeah. Daisy and Daniel. Sorry, Daisy and Ryan. That's right. Confessing their it's really hard illicit relationship. To, when you're casting your mind back for for these synopsis, it's really hard to know when to stop. Did this happen last week? Or I, don't this week? I don't remember. No, Daniel yeah. went into this week knowing, knowing full well what a naughty girl that Daisy had been with Ryan. So I saw lots of comments about about his motivations here and what he was trying to achieve with this he has got a surprise plan for daisy because he wants her to officially adopt bertie well also there was that and there was the the rovers wasn't it he he tells ken at this point that he's going to adopt bertie but that's only stage one of his plan stage two stage two he takes daisy to the rovers before he's mentioned the adoption thing uh, um and he says why don't we? Why don't I buy it with my inheritance? Let's let's take this place over. We could be the landlord and landlady. We could be Mr. and Mrs. Rover's return. And Daisy's like, huh? She's not enthusiastic about this at all. She's very cautious. She doesn't want him to blow his inheritance on this. Um, she knows that there were financial issues, and he's really disappointed. And she goes outside for some fresh air. And again, what and what? I was so. I, what's Daniel up to here? Because. It's either a case of he desperately fighting to keep hold of Daisy because he's worried that she's going to go off with Ryan any second now. And if he locks her in to the Rover's return, is she going to be like, is she going to give up on Ryan and then say, oh, Daniel, I will stay with you. Let's just, she doesn't know that he, what he knows, but is this his way of trying to get a bit of security with her? Or is he, as I've seen other people online saying, trying to just make her feel so so guilty that eventually she's like I can't do it because I slept with Ryan which is eventually what happens I cannot find a non-manipulative reason for why Daniel's done these things I think a lot of people um are really sympathetic to him and that's fine because I I'm sympathetic I think I can find sympathy for all these characters um some of whom have made more mistakes than others Mm -hmm. but I just think he's being manipulative here. I think he's giving her too many reasons to not leave him. He's he's um, giving obligations to her, isn't he, and responsibilities. These aren't... Again, I, I've criticised him about the fact that he was letting her continue to care for his child when he found out that, you know... Mm. Like, because that felt, felt like it was more convenient for him to keep the charade up while she's babysitting his kid. But... Um, I think he's not giving her things... He's given her things that require responsibility and um, from her. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, Daisy, I'm trying to buy your affections with 
a new engagement ring or a beautiful holiday somewhere that you really want to go that I don't really want to go or a, a car so you can go and get a job further afield or an apartment somewhere that you want to you want to live in because she didn't want to live on this on the street and she said that to him and he didn't listen to her he's given her things that require her time and attention um like and and tie her to things and I'm not saying adoption is is like a negative thing at all but the way he's kind of trying to trick her into into it feels like it was it mm. didn't feel like a, a nice thing he wasn't doing it out of what's the word i haven't got any words today I, you know what i mean he wasn't benevolently asking her to look to 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 adopt his child he was tricking her he was either tricking her into into um taking it on and then feeling like i can't leave daniel now because i've adopted his kid Oh, I forgot what the other thing was. I, I think he's too smart to be going into this naively, just hoping that she would forget about Ryan and yeah. Some be people able might say he, she's doing it to to show her what she's missing if she doesn't stay with him. Like these are opportunities. I don't see them as opportunities. I'm, I'm definitely not. Again, trying to say that an adopted child is a burden. I would hope that if anyone's listening to this, what I've said before about adoption proves that that's how I feel about it but from what he's doing he's just giving her like he's putting an anchor isn't he on her on her ship yeah yeah exactly you can't go off with Ryan you can't uh, Ryan you can't go off to uh, Glasgow you're with me now you've got the responsibility here no I I agree and and probably she's but he'd also be thinking she's going to be constantly feeling guilty about it yeah she's going to know she's not going to know he knows he's going to be able to go on as normal in a way but he knows that she would have that guilt that millstone around her neck for the rest of her life again hopefully dissuading her from straying again yes exactly because if she it's does like a chastity belt yeah basically and it's so sad because um of all the things the adoption should be the most joyous and wonderful time because obviously daisy really loves looking after Bertie um, and it's it's the most serious thing they've ever sort of proposed between the two of them because a marriage you can get divorced a, a business can go you can leave the business but a child who you adopt of course you should never even consider so I, I, I as much as I think Daniel was being quite manipulative in this this week I still very much enjoyed watching him doing oh yeah this. I loved it I wanted him to become unhinged like yeah. I said last week and and be cruel and and clever and cunning and 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 this week he absolutely was so, and, and I think that Daisy deserves it so to see him <laughs> coming up with all these plots I thought was fantastic it was a plot. although it was you know using your own son as a pawn in your love games it's awful, possibly honestly. unethical is it one but of the worst one... things you've ever, he's ever done I think it is because this poor child being used like this what was he going to do if Daisy signed it he's not happy in this relationship he's he can't be we've just said how clever he is I guess being emotionally literate is different from intelligence does he really genuinely think that he would be happy with with Daisy knowing what he knows knowing that she doesn't know he knows about it never being able to get closure or moving on from it I think that he thinks he would be able to especially if Ryan um, disappeared off to Glasgow I think that he would go forget it in time asking somebody to adopt your child should be the the highest privilege you ever bestow upon anyone uh, you know apart from having a, a biological child with them which is the same thing um why would you do that to somebody that you know is a liar that you've you've sat there and stewed about 
if this was truly a, a plot like I think it was, this is one of the most desp despicable things he's done. <laughs> Poor innocent Bertie's already lost a mum. Well, maybe, you know, maybe he wasn't going to go completely through with it. He did have her there ready to he sign the papers the later in, in the episode, in, in the week, didn't he? No, that's true. Right, anyway, everyone write so in. I want everyone to tell, tell me what you think of this, because... Um, as, as a viewer of a mean? soap, and so, like, like you said with... Uh, what story was it? The um, the Amy story where she let that bloke drink his drug drink, oh, yeah. and he said, "Well, you know, for, as a soap watcher, I'm all on Amy's side. She didn't do anything wrong." Yeah. And I was kind of thinking the same about Daniel. I was I was on his side, and I don't know whether it was just you know <laughs> oh, bros together, saying. me and Dan. Um, <laughs> yeah, get or, those or cheating hoes, kick them to the curb. But I certainly wasn't on Daisy's side when she was snogging Ryan in the ginnel or bedding oh, him at whenever go. it was. Um, so, well, listen, and, and some people would say, well, she, she, she only slept with him once, but there have been lots of snogs. And even throughout the rest of this week's episodes, she did exactly like Daniel was saying and was going to Ryan more, you know, after she heard about the fight, she went to him. She clearly has got these lingering There's feelings for Ryan. There's an emotional affair that's still ongoing. Yeah, there really, really is. Um, <laughs> and, she, could... and she's trying to just so ignore it and hope that it goes away. So this as much as I also do love the character of Daisy, she absolutely deserves this. I'll, <laughs> I'll forgive her in time. My, I've the... had an up and down relationship with Daisy over the last three years and she's in my mm -hmm. bad books at the moment. But as a character on the whole, as a, like a, a d deep developed complex character, I really, really enjoy her. So I can, I can stand at the moment to see her getting you know, kicked when she's down a little bit um, by Daniel who I also really enjoy no it's, it's it's great stuff yeah this is the thing about about soaps that is kind, it's kind of like not good for the soul because it so invites you to judge people for stuff <laughs> it's like really bad but it's so much fun I, I think it's better to judge fictional characters than real life ones and if we need if we all have an urge then let's take it out on Daisy <laughs> <Yeah>. and Daniel <laughs> <laughs> so, so with this with this whole pub thing, he's in a way whole punch thing. He, I, I think he, <laughs> he, he's not just making it up. I think if she decided, yes, okay, yeah, let's go terrible. for it, he would. But I but think it, it would, would it would allow him to for, then spend you know yeah. the rest of their lives or however long brooding. No, feeling Demon. superior over her, which like his dad, yeah, that's true. That he loves to do it fuels them. Doesn't he it? would spend, you know, their whole relationship together, knowing lording that he it. had something. Literally it landlording her, it over, landlording her. it over her, knowing that anything that she did, he'd be able to pull out the zinger. Um, yep. And that is a total Trump Barlow life. thing to do, and and that wasn't the only Ken Barlow esque thing that we oh, saw Daniel do this week a, with Daisy. What's it called? What's it called? A thing off the old. He's a chip off the old Barlow block. A thing block. off the old blob. Yes. <laughs> right. So, um, she's not happy about the idea because she feels she knows that I. I she doesn't want to admit it, but she still hasn't given up the idea of Ryan, has she? She hasn't. And you're right. She also does know that the Rovers isn't necessarily a sound financial investment. Whatever's going to happen to the Rovers in the end, um, whoever opens it is going to have to, I hope, deal with the fact that it's not a magic wand that's suddenly going to invite well, a regular not. stream of new customers in. They need something, don't but, they? They really need to justify how the Rovers is going to open. Because whoever, whoever is in charge when it opens, um, if it just goes back to, oh, we're a full pub again, in a way, great. 
But if but it also does forget the fact that they were clearly having financial difficulties well, earlier in the year, like big ones. Are they going to be back with Newton and Ridley? Because no, uh, they're not going to carry any Newton and Ridley beers then. No, they still can. I mean, Newton and Ridley weren't in charge of the pub before, were they? They Newton and Ridley. It, it used to be a free house. It was originally Newton and Ridley. Then it was a free house when um, when Bet was it Bet or was. Um, maybe bought it and then since yeah Newton and Ridley's involvement was just when it was going under and Henry stepped in and said we'll buy it but it's nothing to do with Newton and Ridley nothing to do with Waterford anymore so it's going to go back to a free house that's still you know running by itself with no big support network from any brewery possibly unless that's what they go with and they have I know Nuttles or something steps in and and decides to buy it as well Um, so yeah there's all that the other thing with Daisy I'm going to potentially say, if I was her, would I want to be the landlady of the place where I had acid thrown at me? It's not, it's, I know she has worked in the pub since and kind of got over it a little well, bit, but she's going to have flashbacks. Sometimes it's going to remind them of Ryan. Well, maybe there's power in taking back control. Maybe. Okay, so <clears throat> um, I just love that all the complex stuff going on here. This is really good. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of faffing and fiddling and silly and about There's been many months of faffing about to but get to this stage. now but we've got here, it it's quite stage. magnificent, isn't it? Because there are so many different things you can read into everybody's mm. motivations and behaviour and somebody else watching this might have a completely different, uh, what's the word? Take on it. Take, yeah. So Ryan finds Daisy in the cafe and he tells her he's going to Glasgow and she's not happy and he doesn't want to leave either. Well, and he's saying, oh, well, there's nobody keeping me here, is there? And uh, he's, he's desperately he's hoping that she'll hinting. say, no, no, don't go. Um, Daisy goes back to the flat and tells Daniel that she's sorry for disappearing off. And he brings up the pub again and says, look, you should do it. We should do it. You'd be brilliant. And she says she's got to sleep on it. But I'm probably going to say, I'm probably going to say yes. Why, why are you doing this, Daisy? Daniel's a chuffed and she's yeah, like, he's still. Like in the mm. background, Daniel's doing a little fist bump, a fist Pump or whatever. What do you do with your fists? Yeah, fist pump. pump. Pump in the air. Hooray! Because he's pleased that he's got her, he yeah, thinks, at this thinks. point. Yeah. But, yeah, she's clearly not convinced about this. And, and obviously, like, if this was real life, you would be thinking, maybe I'll start another business or do something else on the street or open, you know, one of the other empty shops and do something there that people haven't done or whatever. Mm. But because this is curry, it's so symbolic that it's the rovers that they're, they're trying to buy. How, how what were your... Um... First thoughts of the idea no. about Daniel and Daisy. No. I know I know we want Jenny, but just putting Jenny to one side and for a moment. No. She can't be it forever. Though if Daisy's anybody if anybody takes kicks that Jenny out, she's not had a fair shake of it yet. I need whoever buys it, whether it's her or somebody else, Jenny like needs to be the landlady. But you, you, Daniel couldn't cope. What is he going to do? Did he, didn't he say something about keeping his job? Yeah, he would still work as a teacher, but he's Nuts. he's saying that Daisy would be the the main, you know, the front of it. Daniel would be the owner of it, but he wouldn't have much to do with it. I don't see how, as you it's know, not. as a teacher, and I don't know about teachers in in whatever prison. it is in prison. It, I can't remember what it's called now that he teaches in um, the youth correctional centre or whatever. I I can't see how he would have any time for doing anything else. Although, looking at his recent timetable... Um, I, I do run a podcast, yeah. that's true. Um, 
you know, he, he had an inset day randomly on Wednesday this week, didn't he, or whatever it's called in the prison. <laughs> yeah, sure the did. other week, he just decided to take the day off. Yeah, it's fine. So maybe life is easier for that particular strain of teaching. I don't know. But no, I, I don't think that he would be able to do too much to it. But I could kind of see them and, and having a Barlow running the Rovers could be quite... I don't like it. And, and Daisy is very much at home behind the bar there. But you are right that somebody as young as them running the Rovers does smack me as a little bit... It just doesn't sound quite sound right. I don't know how old Steve was when he took on the Rovers the first time. He surely wasn't this, this young. But it, there needs to be a bit of age, wisdom and... Um, yeah, longer character development for me because, I mean, it's not the same as the prices when they just swooned in, swooped in and said, hello, and new characters were in charge of the Rovers now, which just had disaster written all over it. But I think you've really, really got to earn your stripes and Daisy's... to be a proper landlord of the Rovers' return, you need to have Daisy's a good few perfect years behind you. as a sassy barmaid. I think making her into the, into the landlady... I don't wouldn't I wouldn't like it. I just don't think she's got the she's she's feisty and stuff, but she's not got the the iron core. Do you not think? She's gonna get there, but I don't think she's there yet. Okay, so she's got potential. Yeah. I can see her being the landlady in, I don't know, 10, 20 years' time, but she's too young now. Okay, okay. Um Well it looks like You don't need to rush into being the you know, the, I'm, I'm, the I'm just lady. not ready to give up Jenny yet. No, not, and and uh, I think it was Wednesday's episode, wasn't it, when we get to see Jenny's reaction to this news. This is why she I love this. She was also not ready. So this was great. To give up on the Rovers just yet. So on Wednesday, Daniel's still nagging about the pub. And Daisy's not giving him a, an answer, and and she's she's like, oh, I don't even know if we could do this, and he's like, yes, we can. I mean, what a dick. He's he's like, yeah, you can do all the, you can do everything. <laughs> I'm just going to give you the money, and if you fail at something that clearly is set up to fail, then. Again, something else to Lord. It, can't, it feels like he can't really lose here because it does just genuinely feel like he's prepared to to waste his entire inheritance on making Daisy look like a mug. Making her suffer for a one yeah. night of passion with Ryan that was amazing, apparently. Well, ha- hang on. She also, she brought this up and I'm surprised Daniel didn't latch onto it more, that they were planning on another evening when they went to the the um the hotel together. Yes. So, what, I can't remember if that, was that after or before? That was after they were, they, yeah, they that's, were. That's terrible. That that time when he caught them at the hotel, she does later mention to him, no, exactly, "Oh yeah, we were going to do it again." Then, she keeps but saying, "Oh, it's only one time, but we were going to do it again." It's like, well, no, hang on now. Mm. That's that's a, a whole just because you didn't realm. do it again. The fact that the intention was there, Daisy. Come Daisy. On. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah, Daniel also tries to guilt trip her by saying, "Oh, it's for the good of the community," doesn't that's he? Right. <laughs> yeah, and he's also dissing Jenny because he's saying Jenny, Jenny didn't, Jenny had to go in. She can't do. She couldn't do it which i thought was um maybe a ploy on the writer's part to make us dislike daniel here a little bit mm. because it really was completely unnecessary you can't for him have to jenny have... and get away with well, it. it well it's also her, her stepmom too like what has jenny done to daniel nothing why is daniel dissing days why dissing does he Daisy's think stepmom? that he's gonna do someone better than her but also and i, I think he was needling got... jenny on um daisy on purpose like disrespecting her boss and stepmom in a casual way to sort of put her in her place and say, you know, I can say what I want about your family because 
you are beholden to me. Mm. You know, there's nothing you can say because you're filled with guilt about okay. what you've done. So I can snag your mum off. I thought that um, <laughs> the, the community line was interesting because from what we've seen of Coronation Street on the past three or four months, the community don't really need the Rovers after care. all. And, yeah, well, Rita and Ken turned off on its final night and nobody's really seen bothered since. You've had a couple of people walking past and go... Shame about that being boarded up, isn't it? Anyway, let's go to the bistro. Literally, the world has carried on turning exactly as it was before. Now yeah. the Rovers has been shut. There should have been some scenes of people like, oh, we'd love to go down the Rovers for a pint now, but I guess... The fact that there are other options there just means that it really it really isn't needed, difference. which makes me worry a little bit as for when it does eventually get opened... Is it going to make any difference no. or is it just going to be back to the way it was? Quiet pub scenes not really being a focal point of the community anymore. But like if you think about it, it doesn't really make sense that no one cares as much as they as they seem to. Because if I had, I'm trying to think of somewhere like if I had a really lovely cafe and it was literally the end of my road and it closed, I'd be devastated. I'd be moaning about it every day. Every time I made myself a cup of tea, I'd be like, oh, I could have gone, had a nice cup of tea up at the, oh, I wish there was yeah, but coffee. If, if a couple, if the opposite nice direction down your road, there was another fancy cafe, then you probably would get over it quite quickly. Yeah, but nobody's saying, oh God, this is so much more expensive. I want when the Rovers reopens again, which obviously is going, you know, to. going to imminently, um, for it to be a proper community hub again, to have the episodes end in there, to have all the stories converge together, as it's not try happen. and make it work with the filming It blocks. won't happen, because like you just pointed out, the filming blocks mean that they can't... There's too many episodes in a week that means that the action has to be spread out so they can film simultaneously. Yeah, but you could still... I'm, I'm sure they might be able to get the odd If they really, like really week. wanted to, they probably could. But I think that the convenience... I th- This whole story, because, you know, I, as much as I've enjoyed it, or to some extent I've enjoyed it, it has felt like it's just going to go back to a who cares what difference has it actually made? Maybe this story was the long-term plan of McLeod to say, you're right, we've heard what you're saying, viewers. The Rovers is a bit dead at the moment. It does need a refresh. But rather than just saying, let's put more people in the Rovers, let's have a story that will engineer a way to get more people into the Rovers. So maybe this has been the plot all along to have a proper post-COVID Rovers refresh. I guess we'll find out soon. Well, I don't think it's going to be um, Daisy and Daniel that are... Quite possibly not. Daniel's excited. Daniel says it's an exciting blank page for us. Um, no comments about no that comment. one. Jenny is excited to hear when Daisy tells her about the fact that Daniel wants to open the pub together. And she's like, oh, we could, we could run it together. And um, you... This venue, this venture could be the perfect way to show you're over Ryan and ready to start a new chapter. That was a great scene. I love Excited Jenny. I mean, if you remember her wedding when she was 
like a little schoolgirl marrying. Well, that sounds a bit weird. Hang on. <laughs> when she was as giddy as a schoolgirl when she was marrying Johnny, Jenny excited about stuff is just joyous. Jenny and the does fact that this, she was, yeah. she had a face pack over her during this scene and her hair in curlers for no particular reason other than just to make it more enjoyable and funny to watch. I thought that was fab and really interesting to see how excited she was she does because i i initially thought that she would be like oh really you're gonna buy the rovers are you she did get there didn't she she's she's not completely happy with the idea that she's not going to be top dog anymore but yeah i thought it was interesting maybe it was just the fact that it would still be in the family she was excited about and then well, it she... sunk on her hang on a minute i want to well, be in charge jenny jenny and daisy are in the cafe and she's getting so excited about this and it seems to rub off a bit on, on Daisy. And then Daisy starts getting enthusiastic and mentions that she's going to be the new landlady's or landlady of the Rover's return, not Jenny. And then when she goes up to the counter, Jenny's still sat there and her face just falls. Does she, she's thinking, oh my God. Did she originally think, though, that Daisy would be buying it for her? I guess maybe she did. I don't I, think I don't she know. really or, thought or maybe that she wouldn't be the landlady. Maybe it's just hearing it out loud realising that she's going to be shoved to one side, that's kind of made her see... Well, she probably saw... reality slapping her in the face. That, ...that Daisy wouldn't be able to do it without her. Yeah, maybe. Because I don't think she can, honestly. I don't think so, either. I mean, Jenny could barely do it. <laughs> da- Ken stops Daisy in the street and says that Daniel's been hinting about big plans. What are they? And Daisy says, well, he wants to buy the pub. And Ken says, oh, that sounds brilliant. Um, what with that and adopting Bertie, you're going to be very busy, aren't you? And he walks off and Daisy just freezes thinking, what is this about Yeah, she, she hasn't adoption? heard of the Bertie plan yet. No. Daniel goes to Ryan and he's like, hey, Ryan, I'm so glad you're going to Glasgow. <coughs> um, they're both just pretending to be nice to each other. They're smiling through gritted teeth. Daisy shows up and she says, good luck, can I speak to Daniel, please? But then... Daniel gets a phone call from Adam and says, I've got to take this. And so Daniel and um, Ryan and Daisy are left together. And Ryan's like, Daisy, Daniel knows about us. The way he's acting to me, he must know. Watch out. Because he he knew about the video being discovered from by Simon, didn't yeah. he? So he's probably had this kind of lingering worry. What if it has got out somewhere else? Yeah, and, and you this would is think his worst it, nightmare. Yeah. So, so she's like... No, no, I don't think he does. No, he can't. He can't do. And he says, well, listen, (laughs) the video, there was a video of us talking and Simon might have seen it and showed Daniel. And Daisy had no idea that there was this video. So just to remind everyone, they recorded themselves talking about the affair and then Simon found it and sends it to Daniel who brooded over it last week. Um, and she's like, no way. I would know if Daniel knew that I cheated on him. He wouldn't be able to hide it from me. So she goes back to the flat and Daniel's like, oh, surprise, I'm here because I don't, it's training day. I've got to do this course at night for some reason. Do you remember that? No. He's got to do some kind of seminar at night. I didn't remember that. On Zoom or something. And so she starts saying to him, what's, what about this Bertie thing? And, and he says, I was just talking to dad and I got carried away, but it's a nice idea, isn't it? Because I thought you loved him. Mm. <laughs> if that's not guilt like, tripping, I don't know what exactly. it is. She says, of course I do. And he says, look, this is the new me. I'm a go-getter. I'm not taking any prisoners. I think we should just go ahead and do, do it. Let's do this. Meanwhile, over at Rita's, Jenny is looking through Steve's laptop for the Rovers file that she had. 
because she needs the information about. Oh yeah, that's the other storyline. But it's kind of it's kind of related to this story, isn't it? Because um, Rita's saying, "Oh yeah, you want to prove to Daisy yeah. that you can you should be in charge because you you've got the experience." Yeah. So Adam comes around to the flat and he's just like drawn up these adoption papers, and Daisy's just like, "I I don't think I can do this." Like how awful of Daniel to just spring this on Daisy like this out of nowhere like it's this so is, romantic this is the most life-changing and important decision that she would ever make in her life and even if she did want to adopt him I think it's better it shows more um what's the word <coughs> awareness of the implications of what it is that she didn't want to sign it straight away mm. if I'd be worried about about her if she was like yeah 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 just sign it now you know, she's actually showing more emotional maturity in this situation than Daniel is at this point because he's trying to trick her into admitting something by getting her to sign adoption papers. But uh, you, you could you could try and talk your way out of it if you're Daniel because they've been together for a few years now. If, talk your way if, out of Dan being. What do you mean, Daniel? No, he, I'm I'm saying that he could claim innocence and say, well. Why wouldn't you want to adopt him? We've been going out for years. If Justin hadn't showed up on the morning of the wedding, we'd be married by this point. As far as I know, you've not been sleeping with Ryan or snogging him behind my back, have you? Of course not. I don't get what you're trying to say this for. So she's saying, she, you, you said that she should be saying, well, hold on a minute, let me think about it. But it would be fair for Daniel to say. No, it wouldn't. Especially if he's trying to trick her. But it would be fair for him to say, well... We, we no. are a family. No. What's the big deal? No, that's so silly. What a silly thing to say. Why? Because you, you don't just spring adopting your child on someone, even if they've shown all in... This is the same thing as saying, if if you love if you love me and we're living together, then I don't see why you, you don't want me to just say, oh, we're having a wedding right now. Yeah, but... There's a massive difference between... Being in a situation and turning it into a, per- you know, and saying this is going to be permanent in his legal document. Do you think if they were married at this point, would it be less surprising to spring it on them? I'm not saying it's the. I'm not saying the concept, the concept of adopting Bertie, is surprising. I'm saying the fact that he wants to do it then and is making a big deal about the fact that she doesn't want to do it. Well, in any case... Do you he... see why... Can you not see that? That's weird. Yeah, I, I guess so. That's like me saying, I want a dog, and then you just come in one day with a dog and go, well, sorry, you said you wanted a dog because <laughs> a dog. Uh, by the way, you got to take it to the vets because it's ill. Um, okay, you No, know, but... I didn't... It didn't sign up for any of this. Anyway, the, the fact is, just... he's not doing it innocently. He is no, he completely is, he's doing it on purpose. Her, which, like I said before, was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was, it was hilarious, really. Because <laughs> it's not real. Daniel takes it away. Like, oh, fine, fine. You can do it another time. That's fine. And and Daisy's like, hang on. Maybe I'll never be able to to do this. Maybe maybe I, I won't want to. Because, you know, you say that we're going to get married, but... Just because you marry somebody doesn't mean that you you adopt their children. No, I know. I know, but I, th- I think some people aren't really clear on, on that point. You don't just automatically become the parent of the ch- children no. that you're... When your spouse... And you get married. So, um... This is when the confession like, comes out. She He's, like, not listening to a word she's saying when she's trying to talk to him about her feelings. And then suddenly she blurts out, I slept with Ryan! And this was kind of... To- I think this pulled the rug out from underneath Daniel a little bit because um, the fact that she confessed without being really forced to is a bit of a sort of tick on her side of things. Not that it excuses anything, but she 
did tell him of her own volition. Mm. And I don't think he wants. I don't think he wants at any point her for her to get any brownie points for anything that she's done. So I think he was kind of a bit annoyed at this point that she he didn't get to say that he knew. Yeah, I think he wanted to sort of shout it in her face, but um, it depends. Like, or, or did he? Because it, as we said, Bertie is being a bit of a pawn in this. Was he kind of hoping that she would confess with the pen in her hand before she signed it and? And it's just come a little bit differently to what he was I expecting. Know. I don't know, but his reaction after it, he was like proper peeved and, you know, devastated I, I for just, the rest of the episode, even though he'd not been told anything new. I just want to say as well that there's, I think there's loads of room for conflicting feelings here from Daniel, because I think he was like, there's a 1% chance this could all work out. You mm. know, I think he, I think, you can want something. You can want two two different things at once, can't you? This is what Dan, this is what Daisy's problem is. She wants Daniel and Ryan, but she can't have them both. And I think Daniel wanted revenge, but he also wanted everything to be fine. He did. I think that in an ideal world, he'd be able to lord it over Daisy, make sure she knew that he knew. No, but I don't also, think to have a happy life with her because yeah. he has been happy with her and he sees how good she is for Bertie. I think somewhere inside he was kidding himself a little bit too, thinking if this turns out fine, then good. Mm. Like, uh, maybe I can forget. Maybe I... I think you can think two things at once. Yeah. I think that's the trouble, trouble with human beings. That we're well, Daniel's really good a very at. complex character anyway, isn't he? So, so, so this has just broken the spell. Mm. So now he's sitting with his head in his hands. Daisy's grovelling, saying... Sorry, but then she's realised this, you know, you, you don't seem surprised. I've said this. And he says, well, I always suspected this would happen. And then he starts to ask her about the hotel. And he says, and she says, um, he says, did you sleep together at the hotel? And Daisy says, no, it was after the time he first showed his face online. And Daniel's fuming now because he realises that even though on the video they said it was only one time, and then he thought it was at the hotel, but then he realises, no, it wasn't at the hotel. It was even yeah, further Yeah, that's before. a good point. I'd forgotten that he's had this revelation. I didn't put piece that together when we were watching. So he's, it, his it's mind... It's been going on longer than he even thought it was. Yeah. So he's now mad. He's got a reason to be madder. Yes, yeah, so, so this it opens the wounds again because mm. he thought in his mind he had a picture of what had happened and now that's wrong. It's been made worse. And now he's, now he's revisiting the concept afresh yeah. that she's they've slept together and so it, it just sets him off Daisy's saying should I pack bags should I pack my bags and, and she say, he says I don't want you to to go and she's swearing I can make this work I'm here for you she brings up the paperwork and, and um, then he says oh are you accusing me of trying to trap you did you did you think that this was all a, a trick <laughs> and she says oh was it a test <coughs> but it doesn't matter because we can make it through we can make it through this um and again, just to say, just because somebody says it wasn't a trap doesn't mean it wasn't a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy says to Dan- Daniel, Ryan is no threat to you. He's just... And Dan- <laughs> then he's getting really mad and he accidentally quotes the video. I can't, did he say the amazing part? I can't, yeah, he does. I think it was. And she's like, what did you say that for? What did you use that word for? Did You must have known about this already. Are you just trying to take revenge? Are you... Did you... Are, did you... Are you the one that lost Ryan his job at the gym? And Daniel's like, <laughs> maybe I did. <laughs> he gets super mad. He 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 um, pushes her up against the door. This is this was the 
I'm sure this must have been conscious. It must have been. This is one of the most famous scenes in Corrie's history um, because of how much it gets used on clip shows. But the scene where William Roach pushes um, Anne Kirkbride against the wall. Johnny Briggs uh, is there on the other side. Yeah, Deirdre and Ken and shouts in her face and... um, and Anne wasn't was didn't expect that to happen, and she rushes away well, yeah, crying. Bill, Bill Roach and always Bill likes always to say in interviews, and Anne didn't realise I was going to do tears. that. Yeah. He's very proud of the fact that he made Anne. Kirk I love how much her. he's proud of that, but it's also quite quite scary, really. So it was. I, I'm gonna. It, it must have been a clear reference to it. So this is like a Daniel remix. and Daisy have already been seen as a bit of a. Oh, a new Ken and Deirdre. I hate phrases like that. But Ian McLeod loves them, so I, I think it's not unfair to say So this it. is fascinating then, because are we to now think that Ryan is the new Mike? <laughs> He's not really, though, is he? Exactly. He's, He's a, bit, a bit too dumb for that. But it doesn't have to be an exact copy and paste. No, I know. But, but this, this absolutely showed that the apple doesn't fall far away from the tree. But what I'm saying is, when I'm saying this is, is this he Mike... Are we now looking at the potential of a almost lifelong love triangle between these three characters? Is this going to be the new Weatherfield washing machine where we had, you know, who was it? God, I forgot. Leanne and Leanne, Nick, Nick and Carla. And Peter, and, um, yeah. yeah. Are we going to have that with these characters? Is this, I don't or know, is this going to end? I'm not completely averse to the idea of Daniel and Ryan having a Mike and Ken style rivalry that goes over like 20 years. I want something I, like that from this show because I, a lot of things seem, a lot of grudges and stuff seem to get dropped. Hmm. I wouldn't mind it, and as far as I know, and I know they're talking about Ryan going after Glasgow, but I don't think the actor's going, and I'd be actually pretty peeved off if Ryan Prescott does leave Coronation Street so quickly, because they made such a big thing of saying, no, no, he's going to be wearing these prosthetics for a, for a long time, and not just disappear off after a few months, like old What's-His-Face off Emmerdale. Yeah, this so is what we were worried I wouldn't, about. I wouldn't mind... I quite like the idea. It's just, Ryan isn't as compelling an opponent as Mike Baldwin was, who was the, no. the smiling, uh, you know, very charming, but so, very kind of sarcastic. No, how, how do we describe Mike? He was just like the the wide boy, wasn't he? The, the, I've well, he got, was I've got everything. He was swaggery. He yeah, was... he was proper swaggery. Ryan's not like that. So, Actually, Ryan's quite likeable. The differences to me feel quite stark because Ken and Mike were the complete... They were opposites. polar opposites, like, but Daniel they weren't and Ryan just aren't. different in personality. They their entire value system w- was different. Mike didn't care about anything but money, and Ken thought he was above, you know, above that. And um, you know, he was an anti intellectual, and Ken only cared, you know, Ken was very proud of his education, etc., etc. With Ryan and Daniel, there's not enough of a pronounced difference, and the main reason that Daisy is after Ryan, is because she seems to genuinely love him. And that is such a undefinable and difficult thing to portray in a, in a, in a TV show, you know? Yeah. Like, I can't see why she's with him, except that she loves him. And you can't really explain a lot of the times why it is in particular that you love this person and not that person. Even- so it's not quite as dramatic and fun as... You know, well, he just entranced me with his whiskey and his cigars. But even though the Deirdre and Mike affair back in 1983 was fairly short, really, it was like a couple of months, wasn't it? I'd certainly, re-watching bits of it, 
understood why Deirdre would go but to Ryan because he offered her so much more excitement but than Ken. This is the difference between the, the two. Ryan is just saying, look, we love each other. You we both have acid thrown at us, so we should be together. You should be because you don't love him as much as I, as we love each other. Whereas with, with Ken and, and Mike, it was like... Mike was always luring her like like a siren. He was always seducing her and sort of like pulling her and saying, you know, Ken doesn't. Ken's boring. Ken's dull. He's going nowhere. Look, come with me. I've I can offer you this. I can, I'll give you that. And there's nothing. Ryan's just too good of a person to be doing that to, yeah. to Daisy. Yeah. And that's so, uh, what this is really missing. If you want to compare the two affair storylines, mm. it was even more soapy back in that day. Yeah, that, well, that that was really Corrie's OG yeah, modern soap biggest, story, really. Yeah. That's what got the nation gripped. Um, th- this has There's some... not enough underhanded behaviour in this yet to, to make it quite as no, and juicy. I, and, and, uh, and ironically, I wouldn't say that in this one, Ryan's the one to be underhanded. It's, it's, Daniel. it's Daniel, who's supposedly the Ken of the story. But what, yeah, what made, another thing that made the, the Mike Candidri affair storyline so good was... Ken's anger that that episode where he where he finds out and he shoves Deirdre against the door and then he spends the episode shouting at her and why would you go out with me and why would you go out with a spiv like Baldwin and not me is it because I'm too boring and it, that that I, I that was one of the best Coronation Streets ever just Mike's rant at Deirdre Ken's. for Ken's rant sorry at Deirdre and finding out about this affair it was so so good um, and I don't think character wise we know enough of any of these three to have made it that good yet. But it was a, it was a nice nod. And, and I think that uh, Rob Mallard did a, a bang and cracking job at showing his anger and frustration. And he was very, very scary when he had dead, uh, when he had Daisy up against the, the door there and spent the next few scenes just yelling at her in her face. I, I thought that was a real brilliant performance by, by Rob. Yeah, so he pushes does not, her... Does not Ken worthy. He pushes her right up against the door and she was pinned there and she ended up landing between the handle and the hook. And that must have taken a lot of choreographing to make sure because if this had been a different TV show, she would have been murdered by the hook going <laughs> in the back of her head. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was a bit worried about her because when I saw she was up against the, the wall, I was like, where's the other hook? Okay, there's not a hook there. I hope it I was thought... choreographed, unlike the uh, Ken Deirdre yeah, one. Yeah. Imagine if, imagine if Ken had, uh, sorry, oh, Will no. and Roach had abs- accidentally skewered and Kirkbride. No. Like, I was sorry, it was just made a mistake. I was just trying to improvise, but I understand now that <laughs> I understand now that. But it's fine because we don't have health and safety back in it's 1983, fine, do we? So maybe let me off with it. <laughs> yeah, mate, why not? So um, he's shouting in her face. This was actually really scary. Yeah. If I was her, I would have left him just for this, really. Are we still on Daniel's side during this? Because I think, again, as a soap viewer, I still am. As much as I can't defend his um, manhandling of her and his kind of assault of her here, I was still going, yeah, you you tell her, Daniel. But listen. The slag. when (laughs) When he's shouting here in her face, it feels as though partly what he's so furious about is that she's picked a man who he thinks is lesser than he is. He's such a snob, he's so arrogant, that he's like, why the hell are you with this guy? So she's, he's saying, yeah, I did tell the gym, I told the gym the truth. He pumps himself full of drugs, he lies, he cheats, he'll do whatever he, he needs to to get what he wants. I think... I, what? 
I think that Daniel's a little bit jealous of Ryan because he was talking about him earlier, being all muscly and everything. And I, I kind of got the impression that Daniel's a little bit jealous of Ryan's body and handsomeness. I and think... the fact that all the girls fancy him and his physique. And no, but he this... doesn't think that he would be able to be on over this... So This was like incel energy. This is like... Um those horrible men that record YouTube videos and then go on a shooting spree, moaning about all these alpha males who get all the all the chicks. Yeah. And why not me? I'm a gentleman. I'm I'm it was I'm just like that. I like poetry. I like Shakespeare. Why how dare you go off with a man who doesn't even know that what a song is? Hasn't even heard of Seamus Heaney. Exactly. So so he's he's mad and he you know, he says he pumps himself full of drugs, he lies, he cheats. You know, what has Daniel ever done? Daniel's done so many things that are equal in badness to all of these things and he still thinks he's morally superior because he's got this... He's pushed his dad down the stairs, he's put Max down the stairs, he's He's done drugs before as well. He's so arrogant and he's so convinced of his own uh, superiority that he's just furious. He's not just mad that Daisy cheated on him, he's mad that he cheated on him with somebody that doesn't share his values Mm. and and, um, that I don't think he'll ever admit that to himself. But that's why he's mad. Yeah. Um, so he's like, I've done Ryan a favour. Um, he should go to Glasgow. And then and then he, she says, oh, you you want to be the only tragic bloke in, in town. And she's hinting about Sinead. And she's now furious too. Because she's realised where a lot of Daniel's hatred is coming from. It's just hating, hating Ryan for who Ryan is. And obviously that's not going to resonate with her because she quite likes Ryan for who Ryan is. She tells him he's not to fit fit to clean the muck off Ryan's shoes and he's like get out <laughs> and so she she leaves um and Daniel goes to number one and he speaks with Ken and Adam and um I love how Adam is just he does he's so, so supportive he's like yeah she's she's a just move on from her you don't need her anymore like no matter what he thinks of Daisy he's just ready for to totally back Daniel up yeah, but 100%. he also, you know, he's been through many a women in his time. Well, he's, he's coming also at it coming... from the hmm? perspective of somebody who's just been cheated on. Like, women yeah. are women are trash. Yeah, exactly. We should get together, Daniel. <laughs> People are dying for an incest story on this show. <laughs> um, Ten's like, listen, don't throw this all away. This is a big decision. You need to really think about this. Um, yeah, Ken. Ken. Ken's is, like, let's not. Ken likes Daisy like, and thinks that it's she's not the good end of the Daniel. road just because you pushed her against a, a door. <laughs> yeah, Tidra and I had many happy years after that. We were still together another take twenty her on years. A caravan holiday. No, thirty years almost. <laughs> Daisy's at Rita's later, and she's fuming away about D- Daniel, and you know the scales have fallen off her eyes a little bit here. And Jen- Jenny's saying, you know, I can, I can see Daniel's point. <laughs> Uh, she offers um, Daisy a hug when she starts crying and, and Daisy just feels awful and, like she's let everybody down meanwhile Daniel's returned to his flat he's all alone where's Bertie? dunno has <laughs> he found a new woman already to adopt him? he's pouring himself a whiskey and looking quite regretful Daniel that is not Bertie Bertie's like oh, I've just decided to adopt myself <laughs> did you ever watch that movie about that kid that did that in the 90s remember that? no Emancipation. I have not seen that. No, that was what he did. On Friday, Daisy is still in Rita's flat um, because I thought she'd end up with Ryan sleeping in Carla's flat, but she went, it makes more sense that she ended up with um, Jenny and Rita. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I didn't really think of that. 
No. I, I've loved how um, Rita's Flats had a bit of a renaissance yeah, in has. recent weeks. Well, since since the Rovers has closed, because this was a, a set that we hadn't seen for years. It was, it was a bit like how we never saw number three for years before the Baileys got it. And um, Rita's, I mean, uh, the, the longest running we haven't seen it set is clearly Brian's Flat at the moment, which is, I'm going to say, going on in 10 boxes. years probably since we've seen that. But um, yeah, nice nice to see Rita's. Yeah, so this, um, Rita's Flat has taken the uh, place of the Rover's Backroom. Yeah, basically. Except this one's got nice Weatherfield um, Nightingale pictures on the wall. Which, yeah, that's uh, right. Who, who could hate those? Not Johnny and Jenny Penguins. No. So she's kicking herself, is, is Daisy, and Jenny says, you need to decide who you want. And this has been Jenny's thing all the way through. She's not judged Daisy for any of this, but she's just said, you have to make a decision. You cannot keep flitting between these two men and daisy says i need to sort things out with me and daniel so she's she wants to go back with him it's crazy what's she doing that for she just do you think do you not think that she's she does clearly... kind of love him she's she's torn between two men i think, I think she... she loves daniel but she's she feels this bond and i and i sorry i still don't really get it just because they were involved in this attack she thinks that that means that we can we can bonk I, 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 trauma joint, I, I don't know. But I think Daniel, she realises she was onto something good there and there's still a chance to, to get it back. Yeah, I, I'm... So you think that she and... You think that it should be Daisy and Daniel? I, I, I When all this is over and I... I don't think it is going to happen, but I would prefer for Daniel and Daisy to be the couple together at the end. Because I've invested in them now, and I haven't invested in Daisy and And Ryan. And Ryan still feels like the other man to me. Yeah. He doesn't feel like the one... Yeah. He's not really had a chance. I wouldn't wish Crystal on Ryan, what a dull character she is. I'm so sorry. I I think that it's a more interesting relationship to see Daisy and Daniel together. Maybe mm. maybe Ryan and Daisy would be more suited with their with their interests and their um their levels of attractiveness and uh, social media. Are you really saying that da- that Ryan's more attractive than Daniel? Well no, he's no, he's 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 somebody who prides himself on his looks unlike Daniel. Um, he invests but, more time and effort, yeah, but, but clearly they both do because Daniel's not handsome by accident. No, no, I'm I just know. saying like I, we're supposed to believe that he does it. He's above it, but he's he obviously I, isn't. I see more chemistry, genuine chemistry, honestly, between Daisy and Daniel than I do Daisy and Ryan, and it's more interesting to boot as well. And I've got the investment. I've got lots of reasons why I want it to be Daisy and Ryan at the end of this. I mean, are you, are you very, the same, or would you it's rather? A bit of, um, it's a legacy. It feels like a legacy relationship, whereas da- Daisy and Ryan doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't and it's not feel that like... legacy. They've only been together for a few no, years. No, no, but so... it's the sort of thing that I can feel like if they both stay in the show for a prolonged period of time, it would be a mistake not to have them together because they could be the new insert whatever stupid mm. combination you want to insert in. Yeah. But we did a poll on our Twitter and I said, who do you want? Uh, to to be together and Daisy and Ryan got 31% Daisy and Daniel got 35% and I also threw in Ryan and Daniel and that got 34% so so more people want Daniel and Ryan together than Daisy and Ryan so but really does it was feel fairly even split there at least 387 votes so quite a lot of people voted there and thanks I think Ryan and I think Ryan and Daisy is just a tragic 
romance that will never go anywhere. I think once the once the excitement wears off, Daisy would realise, hang on a minute, I was onto a good thing with Daniel. A lot of it was also because, and I know you hate this, but because da- da- Daniel wasn't paying Daisy enough attention and she was captured by somebody that he was very busy. He's a teacher. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> it's dangerous to to what's take someone for granted. I know. Okay, just saying. Anyway, back to the story. Before <laughs> this gets any closer right, so... to um, a critique of our, <laughs> of our state of affairs. <clears throat> so she wants to be back with Daniel. And Jenny says, well, then you need to really think carefully about what you're going to say. There's a lot at stake here. You've got to word it perfectly. Ken goes over to Daniel and... She, he's trying to see, look, it's only one time Daisy slept with someone. Do you want to throw everything away over this? You're going to need patience. You know, and this, you know, this comes from one of the great philanderers of the street, Ken. He's like, look, why don't you shag about too? It's no big deal, I'm telling you. It works out fine in the end. Look at me. Yeah. I I wouldn't take a love advice from Ken Barlow. Except if he's like, look, this I'm sh- telling you what not to do, because that's what I did. I, I can see Ken saying that, but to, to many, many, many people, once is enough, isn't it? Once and is it's, enough. And it's enough to show, even if you could forgive that, then there'd always be the, the lingering well, idea Well, some people will never be able to forgive somebody, and some people will. I think lots of people would never be able to. Yes. So lots of people wouldn't even be able to forgive a kiss, let alone... Well, no, exactly. So, um, Jenny's, Jenny... Jenny's working in the shop and Carla comes in and she's sensing a bit of frostiness and she blurts out about what's happened between Daniel and Daisy and Ryan and Carla turns out she didn't even know she's just being a bitch because that's how she she is (laughs) and this was a bit awkward and quite funny because Carla is well Jenny is was Carla's stepmom technically at one point Mm. she's also Daisy's stepmom and now she's involved in both ends of this family feud that's kicking off yeah, she's kind of like the the person in the middle. I suppose she's she's more on Daisy's side. Well, she's more on Daisy's she, side, clearly, but she's but got she's links got to the Barlows. She's got the pie as well. And also the Connors. Yeah. No, she doesn't have links to the Barlows at all, does she? Only through Daisy. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was just mind-boggling. If you stop to think about how everybody's interconnected, you would have to get a pen and paper out, probably. Daisy turns up the flat and Daniel kicks Adam and Ken out so they can talk. And he's got a bag there with all her clothes in it and she sees this. But she's hopeful that he'll forgive her. And she starts groveling, I swear I love you, I swear I love I love Bertie. And then he says, well, what about Ryan? Do you love him too? So she tries turning it back on him and she says, look, you've done things you regret. And he's like, no, no, I'm not having any of this. I want you to tell me, did you do you love Ryan? And she won't say no. But she just says, I don't love him the same way I love you. And he's like, no. You were literally told by Jenny to be very careful about your wording. But I guess she's being honest. And that's that's the most important thing at this stage, isn't it? There's no point going into it lying. It does bring up the whole thing of, can you love more than one person? And lots of people would say, no, not in that way. You can't. She, she but lo- she's saying she doesn't love them in the same way. Yeah. Now, but But you can admit... Oh, I think it's uh, fairly widely sort of understood that there are different stages of love in in a relationship or a marriage, aren't there? There's like the very beginning yeah, sure. when you're obsessed with each other, and then there's the bit where you just kind of best friends. 
and, I mean, and you can't say saying, the honeymoon period is over for Ryan, uh, for Daisy and Daniel yet. They've not even got through to the no, honeymoon. No, I know. Yeah, it's a bit worrying then, isn't it? But I can see what she's trying to say here. Like, there's there's this kind of hormonal kind of attraction. But how on earth she thinks it's that this is sexual. going to... What does she think Daniel's reaction to this is going to be? Say, oh, okay, that's fine. So you don't yeah, live exactly. the same as me. So that's, she... that's all right, then, as long as you love me the most. No. What a stupid <laughs> thing for her to say. No, but I, I think she's right to say it because she shouldn't lie. And if he can't... Mm. It, but the thing is, if she's saying, coming to him and saying, I'm telling you the honest truth here, I love, I love Ryan, I love you, I'm choosing you, I'm choosing you, if it's not enough for you... Then it can't work, and I think the that implication. Be for no, I know it shouldn't be enough for anyone, really. But the implication surely is that this love I have for Ryan will diminish. Yeah, I suppose. Can so. you wait for that to happen? <laughs> you know, it's so exciting. <laughs> then we had the <laughs> scene with um, with Jenny and the bonbons and Ruby in the shop. I don't know whether this can. I've written this it here. This kind of feeds in, the notes, in a little bit to Jenny's sort of re- realizing that she's not top dog anywhere. So, so. Oh yes, it was, wasn't it? Ruby's point, Ruby and Rita and Jenny are in the sweet sh- in the in the corner shop, and Ruby's trying to pick sweets, and she keeps changing her mind. And Rita's up, Jenny's up a, a ladder, kind of picking down the. the the bonbons. bonbons and she's getting mad I loved because the camera was right close on Jenny wasn't it with Ruby like, down grimacing. in the background and she was giving her best Jenny Bradley grimaces behind Ruby's, yeah, Ruby's back to there. her Ruby's turning into a bit of a brat isn't she she is a little bit Do I you remember we never mentioned it on the podcast but didn't she have that list of words that you're not allowed to say anymore. last week she did yeah <laughs> I, I quite I think I, she she's not had enough screen time for me to make a decision on her yet she's certainly better than old Ruby was at the end of her tenure there's no denying that but uh, I, I enjoyed her in this scene what, yeah. what really wound me up this week about Ruby was that scene towards the end of the week where she was banging on the pots and pans in the lounge of number nine do you remember no. when Evelyn came in it was like one of the last scenes of the week and, and Ruby was there banging on some upturned saucepans for no reason other than just to be a bit annoyed I like how self-absorbed she is. I think children should all be very self-obsessed. That's what you should be when you're a kid. <laughs> well, Just Ruby wants to be a no, star, doesn't no she? No awareness of anyone but yourself. She's a little big shot. She's up there. Yeah, good, good for you, Ruby. You take as long as you want to pick what bonbons you want. But you're right. This did feed into Jenny realising, well, I'm not in charge in the cabin. I'm not in charge at the Rovers. I, I, I need Where to be in I? charge somewhere. Where am I? What's my purpose? Yeah. Um, Ryan finds Daisy. Where is she? She's brooding. She's in the brooding gardens. Brooding gardens of Victoria. And she she fills him in on what's going on, including the fact that Daniel <laughs> messed up a gym job for him. And then Carla walks past, and she sees them together, and she's like, "Oh no 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 no! You stay away from this this Daisy. What what would Crystal <laughs> think? Are a wrecking ball. Yeah. What would Crystal think if she knew that you two were up to this? And so Carla drags him away, and Daisy's left crying. <laughs> yeah, she sheds a few tears on Wednesday, uh, Friday. I mean, a week. Daisy goes down to the cabin and gets more advice from Jenny, and has her. <laughs> she needs to lie down. And then we have Ryan and Crystal. God, Crystal, this finally broke me this week. You can't, you can't watch her, can you? She just gets on your right nerve. It doesn't take she much for Crystal me, to say anything for I'm you to a, crack. I'm really sorry, but she reminds me of um, Beaker, the Muppet. When she talks, all I hear is... Scouse Beaker. <laughs> Ryan and Dick, they're, they're, they're having a drink. He's angry and, and Daniel's there and he's also angry. And so... 
Um, they go, I can't, I don't know who goes over to who, but it looks like they're spoiling for a fight. But Debbie and Adam break everything up. And Crystal and Ryan go off on the stream. She's like, me, 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 me. And, and Ryan says, okay, yes, we should leave. And they go out and then Daniel follows them and he's clearly in the mood for a fight. And so were we, weren't we? We were. We haven't had a proper fight really all year. And um, when we were putting together the nominations for the Ecky Thump Award on the Conversation Street Awards, it was really slim pickings. But when this started building up on Friday, I thought, oh, we, we put the awards on a little bit too, bit too early. We're, this could have been a nomination. But... And then you said last week on the podcast you wanted a Ryan and Daniel fight, yeah, didn't did. you? You were looking forward to it. Yeah. And when it started, I was like, oh, brilliant. But it, it didn't, felt I like it was over before it began, didn't unfortunately. didn't scratch my itch. There was nothing there that is going to make that fight go down as one of Corrie's legendary balls. No, it was just a bit of a punch, a punch on the cobbles. They get dragged away from each other. It it did the job, but there was nothing iconic about that fight. No, and I'm in, sorry, in a, it in a, at a time where fights are few and far between, I would prefer it if Coronation Street did just a little bit more I to really, make them stand out more. I really, really needed a, a big, proper, extended Peter versus Chicken fight. Peter versus Chicken. Yeah, from Family Guy. Oh yeah, I thought you were talking about Peter. Peter, Peter Barlow. Peter Barlow. Peter and Nick, chicken. I think you're saying. No, no, no. I, what, what, we, need, I mean, we needed people throwing each other on the ground and picking each was, other up. There was literally a prop on standby there. The Coronation Street cameras keep picking up that knitted hat on top of the uh, yeah, pillar box. Now I would just say that Daniel should have like gripped it off the top of the pillar box, put it over Dan's, uh, yeah. Ryan's face, and just tried to suffocate him with it. Yeah. But sadly, it was uh, too many holes in it for that Ryan to fully work. A Christmas tree and beats. There were literally props death. on standby, but they just went with their fists. I and think it was over before you know it. A proper funny Christmas. I know this is not funny, but it would be. It would, it breaks the tension a little bit, don't you think? And it did. This didn't feel like it really did. But you know, grabbing proper, like you say, um, the the thing on top of the the post box. box. Post box. I want to see someone throw a wreath like a frisbee at someone else's face. <laughs> <laughs> don't you let's get uh, Audrey's uh, wreath in the salon you seen that one with the hair curlers in it yeah that's dangerous whoever, whoever in the prop department put that together that's I great. salute you for yeah, that, that. Audrey's wreath really brilliant um, yeah but so this this didn't this didn't scratch the itch no but they, they um... but it was better than any other fight this year just by the fact that there hasn't been one other than a little bit of a pushing and shoving at Shelley's funeral and a couple of punches here and there well, that Bristol's there, confused, like me, 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 me. She doesn't realise that that this all this affair stuff's going on, and the gym job, and that he wanted to take the gym job, but he couldn't get it because Daniel's. Saying, Yay! You were telling me that this was the first scene that this story had in a week, and now you're telling me you've been having revelations all since Monday. Me, 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 me. Exactly. So she's fuming, and she's like, "Leave me alone, me, 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 me." Daisy, um, I thought this said, gets a sarky dressing gown from Debbie. No, dressing gown. So she, yeah, Debbie, because Debbie... <laughs> what does a sarky dressing gown look like? I, I don't know, one that's like lazy bitch or something. <laughs> <written on it. laughs> um, she's like, you go, Daisy. I thought this would see you. <laughs> um, Debbie obviously has a f- affinity for Ryan. She kind of feels like his auntie or something um, because of the... For no particular reason other than Ryan kind of needed someone. No, they were in dire straits together and he ended up in prison and sort of saved her bacon. So she's she's got this gratitude 
towards him and so she she gets a tongue lashing from debbie in the street and um this is how daisy finds Leanne out was there for the fight, fight as well wasn't she she just seemed to be yeah. spectating this one considering what leanne can sometimes be like she was very, very restrained strange. you can't drag a batsby away from a fight no. drawn in like a moth to a flame so Daisy goes to see if Ryan's all right. What a great idea, Daisy. Good job. So goes to see him in the flat alone. And he tells her about the mess with Crystal. And, and Daisy's like, I wish I could make it okay. And they're like, oh, we're so sad together. And they look at each other. Oh, oh if only things are different. Ryan says, would you accept if, if Daniel gave you another chance? And she says, yes. And then he's like, well, can you leave me alone, please? And then they get another look, if any things are different. And she leaves. And Adam sees her leaving the flat, which is not going to help, is it? No. So again, D- Daisy's clearly telling Ryan that she picks Daniel. She picks Daniel. She tells him that. Her words say that. Beca- but, but the but fact really, that she went there first. No, but really, Michael, that if they decided to make a go of things it would solve all their problems it's the easy solution but it's clearly not what she wants otherwise she would have gone with it I know, I know. there's nothing standing in her way now really mm. so so i wonder now has her feel has she realized that she doesn't want ryan at all now i think that because she does un- see the benefits of sticking with daniel and bertie but the the unspoken thing is if if daniel didn't take you back would you have me and he never asked her that mm. but I think he doesn't want to be second choice which you know obviously yeah. um, so Daisy's trying to persuade Crystal to go to take Ryan back and bugger off to Glasgow and, and Ryan, Crystal meets up with Ryan outside the kebab shop and she's cooled down a bit and he says I want to get away from me I want to go to, to Glasgow with you I want to get away from Daniel and Daisy and everything can, can I he obviously come with her yeah and she says, me, 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 me. So they're both going, but he's on his last chance. That's what she just said. Meanwhile, Daisy's trying again with Daniel, wanting to give him another chance, to give her another chance. <laughs> but he's, 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 um, he knows that she heard about the fight and went straight to Ryan instead of yeah, going to Ad- him. because Adam's clearly intercepted into the situation. He can't be doing with this. Uh, he says, we're over. So Daisy's crying and she looks, she goes outside, she looks up at the flat where he is and um, and then he see, she sees Ryan and Crystal going off together laughing and she's just left with nothing, isn't she? At the end of this, she's left with nothing. Yeah, blubbering down the street. Everyone else is happy. Well, Ryan and Crystal are happy enough. Daniel's, Daniel's clearly not happy, but he's, he's, told her he's where seen to go. her true colours, exactly. So back she goes to Rita's and... Um, Naughty. Mm. Well, well, what Very will happen sympathy, now? So the, the Rover's it's... plan is completely off because unless Daniel buys it, buys it for himself, just... just yeah, just, just a spite Daisy and then so then you're fired. to run it. Yeah. So where, where's where's that going? Nowhere. Nowhere um, for I now. I think we've spoken enough about this as we were talking about it. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant. It's a nice character-driven scenes where we got to see... You know, have a real insight into Daniel and Daisy's and Ryan's point of views. Got a little bit of extra added in from Ken. Um, I I loved it. I, I, I thought it was fab. Thought this was really great, and I really like how morally grey everybody is. Nobody's come out of this well. There's no hero here. There's no sad, put upon, tragic victim, except for maybe Ryan. I don't. I mean, Ryan's the most 
I think that he's innocent in that he wasn't cheating not... any on anybody when he slept with Daisy. Well, I don't. But he still own... knew that he was. He's knew that getting he... in the way of of what she had with. But Daniel. he's not done anything underhanded or manipulative, and almost he's everybody not else enough. has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you get master manipulators like Daniel and Daisy together in a yeah. relationship. You should stay away from them, Ryan. <laughs> it's not worth it. But don't go out with Crystal for goodness' sake. Right. Well, should we should we move on to the next story then? As we yeah. have talked about this for almost an hour and a half at this point. Um. So on to what's going on at number nine. Okay. Dog trouble. Yes. Exactly. So they. What happened last time? Evelyn stole Evelyn, a dog. Evelyn took a dog from a van because somebody was abusing the dog. Yeah. And they've decided on Monday that uh, to call it Taylor, Ruby and Hope. Taylor Swift? Yeah. Um, no, this is clearly named after um, Corrie icon, Mummy Taylor. Oh, yeah, Mummy. <laughs> oh, no, when Pete show they ate Mummy. Ta- Taylor is... Do you remember? I don't remember that. I don't, I know, I, they I've, ate the dog. I know, but I haven't watched Pete show through about six times the same as you. I'm sorry. No. I don't think Taylor's a dog's name. Sorry to anyone who might have a dog out there called Taylor. It just doesn't strike me as very doggy. But it is very um, apt for, for girls of a certain age to just name a canine after, or any pet, after whoever's famous at the time. So maybe... Typical. Anyway, we don't get to know Taylor for too long, do we? Because she's gone by well, halfway through this episode. Tyrone is saying, "Oh, because Hope got a nose stud from with with Granny Cassie." Oh yeah, and she he's saying, "Take that stud out." And, and also, I'm not happy that Ty- Tyler Taylor Taylor's here. Not Tyler, Tyler, he's back. Tyler Jeffries, the um, reformed dodgy. Oh, I was thinking Stephen Tyler, the, the musician. No. As the girls the girls get ready for school, Hope is still refusing to take her stud out. Meanwhile, Evelyn has had another encounter with Terry, and uh, I forgot what they were, who they were talking about halfway through the week because I forgot his name was Terry. And when Tyrone was talking about Terry coming to beat him up, I was like, "Is he coming back?" <laughs> yeah, but Terry Duckworth. Yeah. Well, you know, Tyrone has had beef with Terry Duckworth in the past, he hasn't he? He doesn't do well with Terry. He does not. Yeah, Tyrone and Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Bad. So. Just. Yeah. I don't know whether this has been it's been in the show long enough now, and whether we've probably even talked about this before. I think we have. Are they overusing the precinct? Are you getting bored of the precinct yet? It's no. not been a year, and it feels like you know the coincidence of of Evelyn just happening to keep on bumping into to um, Terry there. Why? I don't know. I just feel it's like they've changed. They've changed the coincidental bumping into place from Victoria Street to the precinct now. And I guess it's nice to know that they get out and they're not just locked. And you know they they go away from their immediate environs. But I'm starting to when the precinct comes onto the scene. Go oh god, here we go. Is it because you think it's really far away? No, I don't. Because in my head, I partly think it's just around the corner because I know it is on the set. But I don't, they're not overusing it, clearly, but despite oh, the, the amount me. they're using it, it feels overused wow. because it just is a stand-in for anywhere else now. I and when I would like it to be out in Manchester. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so that's just me moaning. It'd be weirder if they were like, you know, I don't know, walking around Exchange Square or something. It, no, it wouldn't that be nice. No, and what, and they bump into each other? Oh, Okay. I, I suppose it's better than the alternative of saying not showing the scenes, because that's certainly possible, to have had Evelyn come back and said, oh, you know who I bumped into in the precinct today? It was that, that guy, Terry. But 
I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I just find anything to moan about. So yeah. let's move well, on. Well, that's the part. That's the name of the game, isn't it? <coughs> By the very process of having a podcast, we've immediately forced ourselves into a situation by, whereby we overanalyze the look entire for show. To moan at. You guys are You can moan this. about my coffin all the way through the episode if you like, listeners. Give me a taste of my own medicine. Oh, no, I can't take it. And if the medicine works on coughs, then yes, please, I'd love it. Because <laughs> I've, I've been having this benelin, le- what is it, lemon and honey mucus relief thing oh, all week. And I don't relief. think it's had any effect whatsoever. Yeah, but when you go to the pharmacist and they always ask you, is it a chesty cough or a, what's the other thing? Throaty cough. And I would say it's both. No, well, I said that I'd been coughing up phlegm. Sorry, TMI for some of you there. And she said, oh, it sounds like this is a chesty cough. Is that what a chesty she gave cough me this. Because yeah. I remember, and the pharmacist just gave me this dirty look and she said, <coughs> well, it can't be both because they're opposite. And I'm no. like, well, you haven't explained what you mean. I don't get what the difference is. This is definitely the cough a chesty cough that I have. Comes from my chest and goes out my throat. <laughs> I'm confused. Right, come on. We're already, all, we're already bothered, running that's late. That's bothered me for years. We're two days late on this podcast. We're two days late. It doesn't matter now. <laughs> right, so she has this encounter with Terry. He he accuses her of stealing his dog. And, and she says, no, I haven't. And he says, I'll find you. Gonna track you down like so, a dog. Back at number nine, Hope and Cassie find that t- Taylor's just torn up the, the place no wonder she was the, the, he was beating this dog it's but misbehaving <laughs> how, the, the thing is how can you tell when number nine has been torn apart by a dog <laughs> i think uh i think it was really so trying to i think I, I think taylor was trying to tidy up yeah I mean, like, if i'm going to be living here this you is need a to, state you know, that lives uh, that lives inside the cupboard yeah and they're like what somebody's tidied everything up this place is a mess we're never going to find anything ever again so, uh, we just like to have everything out on the floor where we can see it. Well, like I always say, if you put, if you store things on the floor, they automatically sort chronologically from newest to oldest. <laughs> so, um, Cassie decides she's going to take the dog for a walk because it's clearly, um, you know, got cabin fever. And, uh, even though it's risky, she'll, she's going to take it out at the bus stop. Because it's risky because you know how these coincidental encounters happen on Don't this Don't go near the precinct. It's, I don't think it's a coincidence that you meet somebody again that you met in the same place you met them the first time. That's not a coincidence because clearly Evelyn goes to the charity shop all the time and this guy obviously has business in the precinct. I'm saying he loves a good sweet enough. I reckon so. Yeah. You know, he's always there for those who fiend for the milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the bus stop, Sam's telling Hope that she should take the stud out of her nose for a quiet life. Do you think he just likes a, a little bit of a punk girlfriend there? He like, no, he doesn't. He likes her own naturel. Oh, no, I think he secretly likes it. <laughs> Across the street, Evelyn's chasing behind Cassie, telling her, don't take the dog out. Terry's on the prowl. And then he's there watching them from behind the post box. Inside, Evelyn tells, uh, Tyrone tells Evelyn that they need to take Taylor to the rescue centre. And she says, no way. They're just going to check the microchip. And then she's going to end up back with this evil man. In the cafe... Um, Evelyn is trying to get Roy to take Taylor in and he says no Freddie's very highly strung and they wouldn't get on with each other and also I'm scared of Terry (laughs) Evelyn gets upset leaves Taylor with Roy to take to the rescue centre because she she can't bear to do it herself later on Tyrone tells Cassie that Hope's been sent home because of the piercing in her nose and Cassie says it's just self-expression and Tyrone is saying look the last thing Hope needs is getting into trouble at school she's already an arsonist she don't need to be a <laughs> also a punk yeah you know all these punks with their nose rings awful <laughs> it's the last week of term she should have just like attached a bit of tinsel to it and said it was decoration 
Just put. Can you not just put a plaster on it? No, it's easier to send them home from school. I've got an idea for. I don't know if anyone else has thought of this for how to hide your nose stud if you're if you're not supposed to have one at school. Make it look like a giant spot. I'm going to sell a range of giant spots. <laughs> just put a little just cap over the top a, of it. A cap on the top, and it's like you can't exclude me because I've got a spot on my nose, Miss. But that's not going to make her cool, is it? And then what you could do for a double bluff is put um, a sticking plaster over it, and the teacher would be like, "Why well, have you got a sticking plaster on your nose? You got you got a nose ring?" You say, "No, look," and then they're like, "Oh, sorry." Well, anyway, that's not what happened. Well, this is a great business idea. I'm going to right go next on, up. We had the drama in the Etsy, shop, didn't we? We had this see. hostage drama, which you hated. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was, why are we going from naught to 100 here for no reason? Because they really, really, really want to let us know if we weren't sure already that Terry is a wrong un. Taking poor old ladies hostage. I know. So... You lost where we are in the notes. Evelyn's in the shop. Terry comes in. Where's my dog? And then he locks the door and advances on her. And he's in her face saying, where's my dog? I want my dog. Pins are against the wall. Dev comes in because he's left his keys. No, he doesn't come in. He's hurrying down the Dev's street and looking through the, looking through the post box, isn't he? Dev's trying to get in. Yeah. Terry grabs her from behind, puts his hand over her mouth, and Dev's looking through the letterbox. Evelyn uh, escapes his grasp, shouts for help. Gary and Dev then try to barge in. I loved, I loved um, Gary being heroic. And, and Dev as well. He lets himself out the back, and then Evelyn opens the door, and she's crying. Um, then Terry's still on on the rampage. He finds Tyrone, punches him to the floor. <laughs> then Ken comes over. Oh yeah, Ken's like, I'll save you, Tyrone. It's like, look, sorry, Ken. The heroics were Gary and Dev. You're just <laughs> a bystander, really. So, um, Evelyn, Dev, and Tyrone are in the shop later, and Dev seems to think that Terry was trying to rob the place, but then they are not going to tell him the truth. And then when um, he leaves. Tyrone tells Evelyn that she needs to keep her mouth shut about this and not tell the police because she actually committed a crime when she stole the dog in the first place. And Tyrone, Evelyn says that Tyrone just needs to tell Officer Craigie the truth. So when they were talking to the police, I think, Tyrone pretends he doesn't know who Terry was and he just thinks it was a shoplifter. Yeah. He says that there was a shop. Have you forgotten what happened in this yeah, story? Have. You've completely and utterly forgotten yes, what have. happened. I didn't. I didn't go for much on it. Craig is Craig, isn't it? And he he leaves. He sees the dog bowl, and Tyrone's like, "Oh, they just put the bowl out because they want a new dog." Tyrone, you dummy! Freddie is Evelyn's part-time dog. Can't you say it's Freddie's bowl? It's fine. So Tyrone could have said anything there, and Craig, Craig would have bought like, it. Yeah. You know, he's not one. For spotting lies, which one might say is a bit of a downside, considering the job that he's in. I think but it helps you avoid Poor paperwork. old, naive, ignorant, gullible Craig is like, okay, nothing to see Tyrone here, says, this is just the latest way to drink water, because it makes you more mindful of when you're consuming it. <laughs> yeah, you have to lean next down. scene is Craig putting himself a dog bowl on the floor of, <laughs> a, of his flat, and uh, having, a, having a lick. <laughs> Later on, Tyrone tells Hope that she can get a nose ring if she's on her best behaviour for the next six months. But she has to take the stud out now. And she she buys this. I think that, you know, I, I think that she would have not gone for it. Six months, she has to be on her best behaviour. She should know that she's not going to be able to manage that. Well, this is what Tyrone says later. I and don't is know. a ring really that much better than a stud? I, I, uh... Yeah, so Tyrone's strategy here is that she won't be able to behave herself. So yeah. she's never going to get her nose ring back. 
Evelyn, I don't think it's worth all that effort of best behaviour just to Michael, be able to get Michael, when you're a this. kid, you, you don't understand things like this or time spans. You know you don't. How <laughs> many guess... times have you like, oh, I promise I'll be really good if I can X, Y, and Z. And your parents are like, no. And you're like, man, it's not fair. And you truly believe that you would do it, but you know you wouldn't. <laughs> I didn't even think that Hope was the one that really wanted the, the nose piercing anyway. It was more Cassie, Cassie. saying, well, I'm going to get one and wouldn't you like one too? But maybe it's Hope's I new obsession. I think it was Hope. I suppose it's a safer obsession than Hope's... setting things on fire. So I think Tyro should really encourage it. Well, exactly. Maybe she's trying to make a massive hole in her nose so she can vape out of the hole. That'd be Perhaps. quite funky. Perhaps. <laughs> Evelyn's with Roy telling him about the day and saying I feel a bit unsettled here and and Roy gives her arm a rub and offers her to walk her back to Roy's oh dear no so she, Tyrone's sorry she gets home and Tyrone t- tells Cassie about what's happened and inf- and that he didn't tell the police the total truth about who Terry was and Tyrone says well he's probably going to leave us alone now because he's taking his anger out on me and Evelyn and Cassie hope he's right. That was a very naive thing to say as well. Why would you just assume that this person who's clearly got a vendetta against you and wants you to give them his his dog back, just say, oh, I'll give up. I've punched you. So that's, you know, I, I, Gemma's nodding. She agrees. Yeah, sorry. I, I mean, I think it's, I don't think that this is allowed in the story um, but I, th- I think Terry genuinely likes his dog. I know that he's mean to it, but I think people can be mean to things they love, don't, can't they? <laughs> well, I think so. But, I mean, obviously he shouldn't have a dog, but, but it, I think that the idea that he's just motivated by material revenge is a bit strange. Well, no, he's worried at the end of the week because Evelyn suspects that he's running an illegal puppy farm. So the, the, the reason why he wants this dog back is to keep the puppy farm under wraps, I would say. Uh... Is it a female dog? Yeah. I think you'd tell if it was a breeding dog. On Wednesday... But it might just be a new puppy. I don't know how old Taylor's supposed to be. I don't know. On Wednesday, Hope is finding lots of chores to do and try to get in Tyrone's good side. And Evelyn's also being nice to him because she feels guilty about him... um, Getting punched. punched the other day, and, it and was Terry kind of turns up fault. at the garage again. Wants my dog. Wants my dog. Give it to me now. There's that. There's that idea gone. Then Tyrone will never see Terry again. No, nope. three number. scenes into the next episode. Give it to he me. Hasn't I forgotten. want it by six o'clock. Back at home, Tyrone tells Evelyn, and she gives him the name and address of the rescue centre that Ty- Taylor's at. And if he goes now, he could get her back by six. But he comes back, and he's reported Terry to the police, and he t- lied about the dog and said it ran away. Tyrone found later that Terry's been taken in for questioning and Cassie's like, great. Uh, and Tyrone says that um, he's going to say it was self-defence and Evelyn's worried that he, she's going to get in trouble because she stole the dog. On Friday, Cassie springs out Evelyn armed with a wine bottle when she opens the front door because they're all nervous about Terry turning up again and because um, he, he's been released from the police. Um, and then later on, they're still worried about Terry turning up I bet he doesn't. Your disinterest with this storyline couldn't be more clear from your synopsis. Where there, did Gemma. you write down that he it was a puppy farm? I, for, I missed that. I remember them talking about the dog was expensive. Yes, I don't know where that is, actually. You're right. I must have re- written that on the end of a notes for another story. But yeah, basically, Evelyn, um, they, they find out that uh, from Roy that a, a dog that's a similar breed to Taylor has been put up for sale online and it's worth like one and a half thousand pounds. Um, and so 
um, Evelyn's like, well, oh, this yeah. makes absolutely no sense. Why didn't he try and... Why haven't I been... Why hasn't he reported me for stealing the dog when he could have lost all this amount of money? Clearly he must be running an illegal puppy farm. And that's how that story ends. Um, okay, none of that makes sense. Why? Well, for a starter, you wouldn't take your dog who was... You wouldn't take your dog, which was a breeding dog, out and about with you. You might do. No, you, why would you? It I would be at know. home with the puppies. Okay. Uh, number two, not to be too graphic, but there are very obvious physical signs in female dogs if they are being used as breeders. Only if you know what you're looking out for? No, it would just be very obvious. <laughs> um, you would be able to tell. Um it doesn't make any sense and why would he care about one dog like no no okay uh, n- <laughs> puppy it's like farms, the parable of the lost sheep isn't it puppy farms obviously exist he's going to until he finds that last little dog what no go on carry on what puppy farms there? obviously exist and people that run them are horrible and this Terry clearly could be that kind of person he's terrible but n- none of the rest of what he's done and how he behaved and what he did with the dog kind of really makes much sense to me about that being a clue that he's a puppy breeder. I suppose we'll get to see more of it in tomorrow's episode. They've leapt. They've leapt to a conclusion, <coughs> which probably well will probably be true because I did think that, that I did think that that conclusion was was leapt to fairly quickly. And and the fact that this dog costs a grand and a half is not really a big a large amount of money for a dog these days, unfortunately. Mm. For some reason, dogs just cost so much money now. I just, I'm surprised that you've not been into this storyline. All the characters that are involved are ones that we enjoy. You don't, There's you a don't, dog. Go on. You don't know why I don't like a, a storyline that involves a dog being abused. But it's not really about a dog being abused, it's is it? it? Is, it's about a puppy farm and a man that beats his dog. Yeah, but so that's only been a small element of it so far. It's mostly been... Evelyn, you know, putting on a detective's cap and trying to find out the the, the mystery and, and Tyrone getting punched in the face and Hope having a nose stud and it's just been involving a lot of characters that we really enjoy. It's felt like a very kind of low stakes, normal sort of story. And I know it's not a run-of-the-mill thing to you know, unearth an illegal puppy farm, but it feels like a world away from the usual romance dramas that every other character just, seems to be going through at the moment just, I've, I've been really enjoying it silly. and also at one point they said it was an illegal dog yeah which is like he, sorry he can't have an illegal dog <laughs> he doesn't have a what, passport what are you talking about was it come over on a boat or something what do you mean <laughs> okay well I, I think it's good Daily Mail's going to crap their pants when they find out they're illegal dogs as well I'm kind of hoping and yet not at all expecting to have some scenes at the puppy farm and just having a little cage full of little cute dogs yapping about the place. I mean, it is Christmas. Come on, Coronation oh, Street. What? Let's have a bit of that. I'm going to complain to Ofcom. Do you think that... Um, the puppy farm. Do you think that number nine will be adopting one of these dogs? Do you think that Taylor's going to stay with him in the end or is it just going to have a happy forever home elsewhere? You're just not interested in it, are you? <laughs> Sorry, not at I don't. All. I don't get it. There's <laughs> Evelyn, who we love. There's Tyrone, big fan of him. Um, Cassie, I think, I think it's still just early days, such, but I like her. It's such a cartoony. It just feels like it's just a cartoon villain, isn't it? It's like, oh, look at this horrible man. He's a he's a puppy mill wrangler. Like, like what? Okay. It's interesting because when we had that um, uh, Zoom call. 
the, the Coronation Street Press Zoom call with Ian McLeod um, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, and he was saying, oh, such and such is going to happen and everyone's going to do dark things or Gemma, um, Amy's going to do something dark and Daniel's going to do something dark and everyone's going to do something dark. But also, there's going to be a puppy farming storyline around Christmas because everybody likes puppies, don't they? And and I was like, oh, that, I'm not interested in that. Why is after another dog story? Why can't it be saying about cats? Um, but actually watching it, I'm actually very much enjoying it and finding it a an enjoyable piece of respite for all, from all the other heavy dramas, which I'm not not enjoying. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed the Daniel and Daisy and Ryan storyline this week. But yeah, well, well, different strokes for different folks, eh? John, how about, did you enjoy the next one? Have you found enjoyed finding out about Stephen's secret diary and laptop? I want Just them tickling to... Tickling your fancy. I want them to do a special video... Um, of Stephen writing in his diary with um, a shot of Stephen like you know punched over the page writing and then like a ghostly Stephen appearing over the top going are you there God it's me Stephen and then doing like a, a, a Reading out I'd rather have diary. a scene of him writing in his diary in a darkened room, but there's a voiceover, but it's David who's doing the voice. <laughs> because that was very entertaining. And was it Wednesday's episode when he was reading through it to, to Sarah to reading it? <laughs> I thought that uh, Jack V. Shepherd, you know, is, it was like Stephen was back and with us and exactly. alive again. It was it was that good. That was a lot of fun. But go on, you, you, you yeah, tell us. Yeah, we'll do. On Monday, Craig brings Stephen's personal effects from to the salon for Audrey in a big brown bag, and they uh, they're looking through. David pulls out a laptop. He gets a wallet and a phone, black book, and a smashed up watch, which was a bit sad, really, and gross because obviously it was hit in the car crash. Audrey finds a photo of him from 1996 in his wallet um, with him, Audrey, and Gail, and she's <coughs> like crying. Do you know Alf is such a great photographer? This. this program i swear to god it's so hilarious and exactly like so human how inconsistent it is with how much room characters are given to grieve or like get over stuff like some people still moping about things that happened years ago audrey like her son was killed like two months ago and i was like why are you what are you still moaning about it for? That storyline's barely been we on screen since then. We haven't Go talked about this storyline. Get over it. <laughs> get a new storyline. I loved, um, you know, David was on form all week for the, for but, the small amount that he was, was used. But... Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the tone of this was so bizarre because he's a villain. And so there are no complicated feelings allowed. There's no kind of you know, dwelling on the past or genuine sadness or mixed feelings. It's just comedy because David he's thinks dead, it's hilarious. He's a he dead like, serial killer. He was reading that quote like, you're not the, you can't be the person you were yesterday, today. Oh, I can't remember what it was. And David's like, oh yeah, well we weren't all serial, we can't all be serial killers like you, can we Uncle Stephen? Oh, and everyone's just like, oh, said. what a funny, funny joke. But no, Dave, my favourite, just, but even I though that just scene to be clear, was, I, I, I think it's hilarious and funny. It's just, it just kind of, it, it it complicates everything a little bit, doesn't it? Because there's no real consistency with... is, And this is how sometimes we get tripped up when we go into a story. Like, is this story about mental health? Or is this a story where a character is going to be, you know, sort of crazy in the fictional sense of the term, mm. which is not at all connected yeah, just with got screw real loose. mental health issues? We're just going to ignore that. Yeah, I know. Uh, oh. I was going to say... David being reading out from the diary was fun, but my favourite bit was when he um, was talking about Stephen's laptop that was found, and he was like, oh yeah, there's a file on there called Jenny's Saucy Picks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, so, oof, Audrey asks Craig 
what the case you know the tracking the money how's that going and he says well we don't have we just can't find the money we don't have the resources mm, interesting isn't it isn't it interesting the police don't have the money to to help people to to get their money back but i bet you if it was a shady politician or something they'd yeah. be rabbiting down anyway Audrey gets upset again. I, yeah, I mean, Amy, if she heard about this, she'd be right on it, wouldn't she? She's uh, The police already aren't her favourite people at the moment. Well, she'd probably say they shouldn't be concentrating on finding money. They should be concentrating They should only be on... concentrating on spiking stories, yes. cases and rapists. Yeah, that's all we care about. David and Audrey get Jenny round to number eight to ask her if there's anything she wants of Stephen. So she asks for the laptop and then it cu- this cuts into her le- later on going through it for the Rover stuff. Yeah. Um, and David finds Audrey fondling Stephen's journal and she refuses to, to throw it away and she's going through it and reading stuff. Um, and also on Wednesday, um, she tells David off because he keeps banging on about her keeping this journal and she says, you don't shut up about it, I'm going to make Maria the manager. <laughs> Do you think there's anything wrong with her obsession with her son? Is it unhealthy for no. her to be looking through his she's journal? She's grieving. So. No. Two months. Is it, when was it? It was like October, wasn't it? Mm. He died. Get over it, David. Her son is dead. I don't know whether if I was in Audrey's shoes, I'd necessarily want to because I would worry that I might Find something read something read. that I didn't want to read and Stephen wouldn't be able to defend himself. Yeah, that's true. Like he could very much have got frustrated at Audrey and written down, oh, my mum's such a ditzy cow or something. Oh, yeah, you don't And then she'd have got upset by that and he's not there to, to say sorry. But... Or say, I don't, I don't feel that yeah. way now. yeah. Well, but that's as soon a as... very good point. I never mm. thought... I felt, but if I find a diary of anyone's, I'm reading it. Well, unearthed diaries are, are always a treasure trove on soaps, aren't they? Yeah. And the whole um, Ivy's diary being discovered by, I think it was David and Sophie back at Christmas 2006, was brought up later on in this story. And that's when he finds out that um, Gail had been planning to abort him Um you don't find out anything nice. No, and then he reveals this to everybody on Christmas Day 2006 just to put the cat among the pigeons. Well, that was a brilliant Christmas episode. Um, Nobody goes and around. And so I was just, I was really excited to find out what are we going to find out in this diary. I have a feeling it's going to be something a bit boring. Oh no, we found it, haven't we? It was the Latimer stuff. I don't think there's going to be any more than that. Okay. And, and the password to, to his laptop, but... Yeah. That's what I mean. It was it was not as juicy as as what David found out about himself. At sure. least it's an established fact in the world, and it doesn't retcon things. No, which is quite good, really. Mm. Good job for unearthing that one, even though it does feel a bit. It feels a bit like who cares, but Sarah made a meal out of it, didn't she? Yeah, so we can basically we kind of skipped ahead for the rest yes, of the, the episode. But David gets the diary back, and as, as he's reading through it, he uncovers this thing which is saying where Stephen is commenting on Gail's hypocrisy regarding Sarah's um, pregnancy, Parenting. and well, it was, yeah, and, and the fact that she didn't know who the father of the child was earlier this year. And Stephen says, "Oh, it's." it's um, you know, she can say this, but what about her and the Aussie and the, and not knowing who, whose dad Sarah really was. And David's like, what? Yes. No, I thought it was good. I was, that, of all stories to be brought back and called back to, that's not one that you think is ever going to be mentioned again, is no. it? No. And I do love it when they bring up an old storyline. And this, to me, you know, there's no retcon involved in here. It's just a character finding out about something that their parent was involved in 
30 odd years ago, 30, 35 years ago. And I think it's great. It's like when, you know, I, th- I think that still Amy doesn't know the situation regarding her um, parentage and, you know, the fact that Kaylee and Roy were thought that they were the parents. And at some point she's going to find out about that. I, I may be wrong. She may know that already. I don't know. But there are so many horrible dark secrets in the past of all of these characters when they're brought up it's brilliant so the story here was and I, I i've not watched this for a jolly long time so I, and i've not looked up the details particularly since that brian who is canonically sarah louise's dad was a bit of a player wasn't he and he'd had um relationship issues with gail and he'd been out going off seeing other women and so when um gail got pregnant, she'd also had an uh, illicit moment with his Australian cousin, uh, Ian Latimer. And so she didn't realise who who the daddy was. And was, is that Coronation Street's first? Who's the daddy story? I don't know. But it all gets tied up fairly quickly because Brian ends up leaving Gail but because, because there's no way of knowing whose father, who the father actually is. But when Sarah Louise was born... Ian does a DNA test. Blood no, test. he does a blood test. That's right, sorry. And because his blood type is different than Sarah's, there's no way that he can be the dad. So it's he rules him out. And he, he, yeah, and he tells Gail, well, look, we've got different blood types. I can't be the dad. You're off the hook. It must be Brian. So Gail is left relieved. And from that point on, we as viewers and everybody else concerned say, well, the, fa- the, the, the baby must be Brian's then. But... I I do wonder whether there was anything more to bringing this story up because it wasn't necessarily needed. Yes, it caused a little bit of drama and friction on Friday. um, But I I do wonder whether 2024 is going to see an attempted retcon of this and a return to to the street for Ian. Well, okay. Um, The the point is that he could have lied about the result of the blood test. Yeah. He wanted the that he wanted to be the dad. And because I, I rewatched the scene yesterday of him telling Gail, no, we've got different blood types, and he did look disappointed by it. Um but the way that it was the way that it was written and shot and and everything could absolutely it could be easily retconned yeah. and it wouldn't be a case of no hang on a minute no, and you, you know mean... what i'm like with those things but having watched the scene they could very easily say he lied about it because he realized at the last minute he didn't want the, the hassle of being a dad it would make it too difficult mm-hmm. what were you gonna say i was just gonna say maybe he was looked sad and disappointed because he actually did want to be the dad but he realized it was for the best yeah but he said he wasn't it, it would not be beyond the realms of possibility. And I don't think Gail's had a DNA test since then. So... Also, I don't know how foolproof this blood test thing is. I'm assuming that it's solid. Well, I mean, there's only a few, a small number of blood types that you can be. Yeah. So I don't I think, don't I don't think that if it. we'd have seen the blood test results, I don't think there'd have been any going back on it then. But the fact is, all we saw was Ian telling Gail, I can't be the dad. And mm. the, so can we trust See, him? hey, so if you say I can't be the dad, does that mean I'm not the dad? No, it doesn't. It just means I can't be <laughs> the dad because I've got stuff to do. Um, do you get it? Yes, I get it. The, the I suppose the thing is, to what, you know, what difference would it make if there was a retcon here, and if it turned out that Sarah was actually Ian's daughter, 
does that really make a difference? Well, there's loads of things you can spin out of that. Go on. Well, I mean, my personal thing, I know that I'm obsessed with the idea of, of Reese Darby, who is um, the New Zealand uh, comedian and actor who was in Our Flag Means Death. I think he's been in some Thor films. Uh, he was in What We Do in the Shadows. He was the, the man that says we're werewolves, not swearwolves. Right. He's so funny. I love him so much. I'm obsessed with the idea of him being Sarah's half-brother. <laughs> because he looks just like Ian Latimer. He's got a similar face. I know he's from New Zealand, but I think you can say that Ian moved to New Zealand and had a child there, and that's why he's got a New Zealand I think accent. you can probably say that people in Britain don't really know the difference between Australian and not, New Zealand accents. Quite, Sorry. They are quite obvious. They're, they're quite distinct from one another. Well, one might say that about Yorkshire and Lancashire accents, Maybe, and Coronation Street's been true. getting away with that for years. I love the New Zealand accent so much I would love this for this to happen I mean um, that's just my pet my pet oh, he's obviously, they're obviously not going to get him in, in Coronation Street but it would be so fun if they did um, but they could bring in anyone they could bring back Ian they could bring well the Ian's... actor who played Ian is still going he's still I had to look going. at he, he's still you know in the biz I had to look at his IMDB page yesterday and although he's definitely slowed down over the years he was credited in something just last year so it technically isn't out of the question to get him back. I'm kind of not really interested in the story if they don't bring the original actor back. And I know that can be very oh, really? shallow. I, I just hate it when they do recasts. I really, really don't like it. It takes me out of the world. Yeah, but um, he hasn't been in it for so long, he wouldn't I know, the same I know. I, I'm sure I'd get over it quickly if the story was good enough. I just love it when they bring actual faces back from the past like they did with Debbie Webster for example um, so no, but he wasn't he didn't have a massive part it was in like four episodes yeah no he was I think he was in less than ten episodes but I you know if they wanted to bring him back and it'd give, it'd give the Platts as a family a decent a bit of drama which they ha- yeah they need a kick up kick up the arse because they haven't had one for so long. I just so want long. a new accent. I would love an Australian or a New Zealand accent on the show. Love, love the way it sounds. Um, I think it doesn't have to be Ian. It could be Ian's wife. It could be Ian's daughter, Ian's son. Yeah, there's only so much mileage you can get out of a, what, 70-year-old Aussie coming back? I He's not necessarily... I think a half-brother or half-sister half would be cool because they come in like, look, I got to... Because, oh, wow, they, pro- they would probably be... Uh, well, similar age to Sarah, maybe, yeah, younger. So how yeah. old would that be? What, for Sarah, 40? So four, 40 or under, going, look, I got to a certain point in my life and I realised that I wanted to find out more about my family. Mm. And so I've come here, uh, you know. I think that would make sense because this is the age in your life when you start thinking about your legacy and your family and, so, you know, and, and it even makes sense, like, maybe they didn't even know about Sarah until they did a 23andMe or one of these DNA mm. tests because this throws up people from all, all all over the place, doesn't it? Like, imagine if Sarah did one for her, for her birthday or Christmas and then, so her details are logged on and then this other person does it and finds them in the database and decides to come and see. Yeah. I mean, we have, it's, 
it's becoming more and more a common thing on Coronation Street for characters to find out that one or both of their parents aren't actually yeah. the people they thought they were. We so in a way, it's cliche. Mainly say it's yeah, it's cliche, but this is why they do. It, I, I wouldn't be against it. I think that Sarah is a great character. Gail could do with having some proper drama. We got to see a bit of it on Friday when she was defending herself to Sarah. I wouldn't be against having some Australian character or New Zealand character or whatever come in. Maybe they just happened to coincidentally bump into Martin Platt while they were over there as well because, you know, right. they don't just have to happen in the precinct. They can happen no. anywhere in the world, these Cory coincidental bumping intos. Um, I mean, yeah, I, it feels like... What was the point of bringing it up if they're not going to go anywhere? The only with reason it? they brought it up was because they wanted a secret that that they could find in the diary, and that was the one they thought of. That's what I think. I don't think anything more is going to happen. I suppose, but the... I w- wish that it would. And it doesn't mean that um, it doesn't mean it will never happen. This is given a little glimmer of something, and maybe the writers will pick it up. Yeah. Um, the, the... the other things I was going to say that could happen: she could inherit something, some mm. money, or she could inherit some kind of horrible genetic thing that she has to worry about. Um, What else would be of any significance? I don't really know. Um, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I think those are the main things, aren't they? Inheriting kangaroo farm. (laughs) That's what they all have in Australia, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I suppose the, the real thrust of the story was... That, that was just an interesting side note, although it has left to this grand plan at the end of Friday's episode. The real... Um mysterious part is going to be the laptop. But anyway, you well, haven't yeah, exactly. even said we haven't what happened on finished. Friday, have we? So go on. So Sarah's... Um... Right, so Sarah, is asking David to help with moving beans around the cafe. And Sarah says that he, she knows something he doesn't know about Audrey's plan for the salon, which I don't even know what that is. And David says, well, I know something you don't know. And it's about... You, you, the fact that you might not have even had the right dad. I think Sarah's joking was because um, Audrey had been threatening David with making Maria the sole owner of the salon if he doesn't start stop being an ass. And they, and Sarah's like, well, maybe maybe she that's her plan. That was anyway. Sarah calls him a nasty liar and goes off to confront Gail about this, and she's really upset that Gail never brought this up when she was going through her her own who's the daddy storyline earlier this year because she thought that Gail should have told her. The shield had also gone through a similar thing. And Sarah's and Gail says, I was just ashamed of myself. Sarah won't take that excuse and she drops off. Honestly though, <laughs> this is what we moaned about before with characters forgetting that they've done stuff. But if every character yeah. when somebody's having a having a dramatic moment, if every character went, Can I stop you there? Because I have I've had a similar dramatic moment. In nineteen seventy eight and um I just I thought it was great. I got on the front of the soap mags, I was in the papers Really, yeah. I think no you're in chance. the front of the soap mags I'm in 1978. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I surpri- wouldn't surprise me if Gail had just kind of forgotten about this. She has, she has been losing her, her marbles, hasn't she recently? Well, if Daenerys can forget about an entire Iron Fleet coming to get her and her dragons, I think we can forgive Gail for not, not knowing who her, <laughs> the father of her child was. I mean, she wants the first child. She wants the last child. Was she? No. So who cares? It's just middle child syndrome. <laughs> so. Jenny's going through Stephen's laptop, finds this password-protected seagull ventures boulder. Um, Gail finds David in the salon saying that he's upset Sarah. And David says, well, Sarah started it. I got it out of this diary. And Gail's like, why on earth is Audrey going through his diary and telling everybody all this stuff? Um, Jenny asks Carla for some help with this laptop code. 
So they go to the police and ask them about it. Um, Sarah is still asking Gail for more information about what the situation was with her not knowing who the father was. And Gail's crying and Sarah's moaning again. Um, and Gail tries to get David to apologise later to Sarah, but they just fight again. And then they start talking about the Christmas diaries, the 2006 diary thing, where he found out he was going to maybe be aborted. And he's like, look, everyone can shut up because I had the worst diary revelation of all time. <laughs> Audrey comes in, takes the diary away from everybody and um, also shames them for using this as a, as a weapon to, 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 against each other. Then we get to see Carly, Carly and Jenna at the, at the police station with Swain. And she's like, look... We, we did look at this laptop. We saw the file was encrypted. We did we, we don't have the resources to, to look at this, sorry. It's um the murder bit's more important and we don't care about that either. So what do you want from us? Well, I mean, if I was Jenny, I'd be saying, hang on a minute. I thought that if anybody in this city ever wanted to guess somebody's password, all you have to do is try three times. Yeah. You'll magically get it the third time and you're telling me you haven't got the police resources to do that. Do three times. What you do is you go... What's his birthday? Yeah. Then you say, what's his best friend or boyfriend or girlfriend's birthday? Yeah. And then you see a little clue somewhere. Yeah. You have a thing. Then you look next and to you, you where there's a post-it that. Then, note yeah. that says password. And then that works. And you write password one, and then it opens. <laughs> Wouldn't so, surprise me if that was Stephen's password. Um, Jenny's interest is piqued when Audrey goes to the cabin and tells her about this diary. And she's about to try to grab it when Audrey whisks it away. Meanwhile, the Platts are deciding that they need to cheer up Audrey and they've got a grand plan on Platt ch- chats. <laughs> and they're going to do something nice as a fam. Illy. Um, yeah, whatever that could be, I don't know. Oh, some it, kind that, of that Christmas should, shenanigans. No, that should just be kind of fun. Well, I, I'm I'm interested to see what Jenny's going to be up to now because she needs to get her hands on this diary and I want to see some kind of heist or... Dun, dun, you know, dun, 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 I, wanna, dun, dun, I wanted to dun, see her infiltrating Grasmere Drive to get... I'm not, I know we're not going to see it, but my picture of her kind of lively stepping over laser beams that Audrey has got uh, set up there so that she can reach this laptop because I'm... she knows that it's got the password for the seagull vent not the laptop sorry the diary I'm just very concerned that this is actually a horcrux <laughs> what <laughs> they need to be careful what they do with this diary <laughs> Stephen's already dead it's fine um, no I mean I'm sure she'll she'll get it eventually won't she? she it will, will have the password and then she'll open in. it and she'll flick through back and forward she'll find something about her yeah I think do you reckon she'll is cry it gonna, do you reckon it's gonna have a little be something sweet love about poem. her and then and then there'll be a bit of blood from Leo and maybe she'll like say screw it and then she'll get the m- money back for, for Carla and then Carla can stop sulking is that all because honestly be? this storyline about her being bankrupt has just turned into her being a moody <coughs> bitch hasn't changed literally anything for anybody apart from M- Michael doesn't work at the factory anymore does he I can't remember I they take him back I think Sarah took him back so what's changed nothing literally it's teetering on the knife edge of bankruptcy the whole time in fact the fact that Carla had caught of a million pounds in that bank account makes me think all the other times she's told them that they're teetering on the edge of closing down was a total lie <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. Now she's finally actually getting a taste of what it's like to be in a poor house and she doesn't like it. 
Did you, are you interested <laughs> in this story? Yeah, I mean, I like a good diary. I like uh, to read the juicy secrets. And, and having all the plats together for that scene in the kitchen at the that end of Friday's episode were all when they were looking on their phones. Phones were ringing at the same time. Yeah. Then... Plats woefully underused family unit in the past few years. So um, at least that should hopefully give them um, a few minutes of enjoyment on Friday's episode. Now, even the Stew storyline, which we're going to move on to next, wasn't as bad as it has been, I thought. Yeah. Because we had some secret revelations for Dom there. I mean, I'm still... My, my interest level in this is very, very low. But at least there was a little bit more to it this week than just Stu saying, Oh, I'm going to get that Dom. He's, I, don't want, I don't want him to live with Eliza anymore. There was a little a little bit more. I was bamboozled by the, the whole under-the-tree scenes... Like it felt money like something the... was happening that never happened. Somebody was going to find the money under the tree, but they didn't. On Monday, Jasmine tells Stu that he's doing a great job of hiding the fact that he can't share Christmas with Eliza. And they're is he hiding that to... under the tree as well? <laughs> His sense of disappointment. Yeah, that's something, that's what everyone keeps under their tree at Christmas, <laughs> isn't it? So they're trying to come up with ideas to do stuff at uh, a speed dial. For Christmas on Day. Christmas Day. Oh, we're all looking forward to that one, aren't we? So Stu's in the bistro with the PI later. He, he makes he says he wants some time off work, doesn't he? Um, but actually, he's, he's meeting up with his investigator, who has finally Finding come dirt. up trumps and found dirt on Dom. Yeah, they. She finds out that he got in trouble for dangerous driving in Germany back in 2020 with a woman and a child in the car. What? Now, I wonder if they picked this date on purpose because 2020 was during the COVID and you wouldn't have had a reason to be in a car with a woman and a child unless they were related to you in some way. Good point. Were you allowed to travel abroad? I can't remember what the rules were He would were have been then. there with his family though, wouldn't he? Yeah, but did he start? He would have stayed, would have stayed, had he to have stayed. He was there at the start of the pandemic. He would have had to have stayed. Okay. This child, but it doesn't matter because the child's got Dom's surname, so that gave it away. Perignon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so she says, I reckon this woman was his fiance. And she's like, Yay! <laughs> he's a serial abandoner. Hooray, he's going to break my grandchild's heart. <laughs> she's going to be so sad when she finds out she'll have to stay and with I me. Was, and I'm going to be right. I'm me and, right. Me and Daniel can just join the We're Right Together Club. It's not paranoia if you're right. <laughs> Yasmin comes in and she's very pleasant about this woman and who she is. And this woman pretends to be a care worker to check on Stu after his release from prison. And uh, Yasmin buys it. Uh, she's going to flip her lid when she finds out that that wasn't true. Well, Ooh. yeah, especially because we know Yasmin doesn't really like liars no, in she relationships. Lo- she harps on about that quite a lot, doesn't she? Yes. After Stu, um, after, after Stu, after school, Stu tries to fish for information from Eliza about her dad's work in Germany and doesn't get very far with it. Um, the PIs at Chariot Square later telling Stu over the phone that she's been able to find the name of this child and it, it's Ben good German ben name Perignon. <laughs> ben Perignon the German child yeah sounds like maybe he's got some unfinished business in Germany eh and Stu's like <laughs> and uh, offers to take Dom out for lunch tomorrow looking pretty pleased with himself on Wednesday he again asked for time off oh, no, maybe that was the only time he asked for time off maybe I'm getting them confused well I was going to say maybe he thinks he's, he's, uh, he's Daniel just taking time off left right and mm. centre he wants to meet a financial advisor about his money and he's saying um uh, he obviously is going to pick this cash up, isn't yeah. he? So Stu and Dom have their meal. I thought it was really sweet. They've both had a little glass of wine each. Very civilised. Starts off quite pleasant, but Stu 
brings up something which loads of people picked up on that never got mentioned. He accuses um, Dom of turning up drunk to pick Eliza up last week. I don't know why he let him go. Why did he let Dom take Eliza yeah. if he knew he was drunk? That's so irresponsible. But he says, you shouldn't do that. Eliza needs stability and you have a son in Germany. <laughs> this is not related at all, but it's just part of my accusation. And Dom's like, <gasps> and he tells Stu that he's obsessed with him. And Stu says, get your priorities straight. Go to Germany. Look after your family there. And I'll look after Eliza here. And I won't tell her anything. And Dom's like, forget this. I'm going. And Stu says, look, how about I give you £10,000 to start your life again? And he's kind of like, it's this convenient lie that they're both pretending they believe that, that Dom can is only taking the money for a good mm. um, and noble reason. And that Stu's only offering it because he wants the best for, Stu, for Dom and his family in Germany. But we all know it's a bribe. So um, he he um, he doesn't accept or not because Eliza runs over and gives him a hug. And back at home, Eliza tells Yasmin that she's got a couple of tickets for the Christmas show so they can go and watch it. Hooray! Hooray! Yasmin's like, oh, you got one for me too. <laughs> <laughs> Alia, would you like to go to a Christmas show? <laughs> oh, what's that, Alia? You can't come down the stairs. <laughs> Uh, Yasmin uh, turns her back and Stu stuffs the money under the tree and we get a very prolonged shot of this and we also get a shot of him taking it back out again later like what maybe we're just supposed to you know put it in our little box in our minds that that's Stu's hiding place but yeah maybe there's only so many weeks that he can have that as a good hiding place Uh, in this cafe later Eliza gets talking to Dom about how lovely um, and diverse Webby High is as long as your family love you that's all that counts I don't understand that and Dom's like, cool. No, no, he's... Dom, what does Dom's, that mean? I no, Eliza's... It was just a bit of a clunky way of saying everybody's accepted at... Every, I don't care. No, she says that everybody is... Everyone's a, everyone's a bit different, but everyone's got families who love them or something at Weatherfield High. And that's what's most important, isn't it, Dad? Having family oh. that love you. And Dom's saying, like, oh, no, I've got I've family got over in Germany. I've got two families and yeah. no one's loving the one in Germany, but two people love the one that's here. So maybe I should go to Germany. Yes, exactly. Well, that's just a really awful way of getting that across. Dom takes Eliza back home and tells Stu and Yasmin, oh no, I've just got to go to Hamburg. And Eliza can't come because they don't have any facilities in Germany for children. I'm going to go straight after the concert on Christmas Eve. Um, and Eliza's really sad. And Yasmin... No, no, no. They're going after the concert, which is on Friday, and he's going to come back on Christmas Eve. Look, it says, until he's Christmas Eve. He's going straight after the concert, until yeah. Christmas Eve. When's the concert? Friday. We saw it happen. We didn't, well, we didn't see the concert. So he's going to Germany for the weekend for work? He's going to, the con- he's going to Germany um, for a week, is the plan. The concert was on Friday? This Friday. We uh, saw it happen. All right, Michael. I didn't get to see the concert. <laughs> I wanted to see the concert. I want to see how good Eliza is. Okay. So, sorry, I didn't follow it at all. Eliza's really down about this and Yasmin takes her upstairs to jolly him up and then Stu's like, here's the money, go away. And don't come back. This is so dumb. Why is, why is, why is, why is Stu letting Dom lie to Eliza about him coming back? Because he thinks it's going to make him look bad, I guess. Yeah. He's a git, isn't he? Yeah. He doesn't care how much Eliza gets hurt as long as he doesn't like Dom. I don't think he does. On Friday, Dom drops Eliza off at number six. She's nervous about the concert. She shouldn't have worried about it because nobody went to go see it, apparently. (laughs) Stu's 
looking nervous that he that Dom's going to change his mind and not go to Germany. Later on, Eliza's having last minute nerves, and Dom's like, "I'm so proud of you. You'll be great." They come back from the concert. It's all gone well. Dom says, "I've got to go pack," and Eliza says, "No, please stay for longer." But he decides to go, and after he's left. Yasmin asks Stu about Dom because he seemed a bit weird earlier. Is there something going on? And she's like, no, I don't know. Later on, it, oh, that's the end. That's the end because that's when my notes about the, the, the dog storyline come along. So another story you're not so interested in? Was so he's just gone now? He has gone to Germany. So he's never coming back? Well, I don't know. He I've must, probably uh, got a feeling that he will come, come back. back. He's going to come back because, so in and Germany... he'll say, yeah, I've still got you 10... And he'll just say to Stu... You didn't give me ten thousand pounds. I don't will. know what you mean. What Eva are you talking about? Eva and Ben are in ge- the ones in Germany. They're yeah. just going to be like, well, we don't need you. I don't know why. Why? Why did he get it in his head that they wanted him back? Just because Stu. Stu obviously doesn't know the situation. Who knows what happened between Ben and Eva and and Dom to make him abandon them in Germany and come over. And it wouldn't surprise me if Dom wasn't even going to go and say Ava and Dom and Ben. He's just kind of staying in the travelling down the road. I wouldn't stay in the travelling if I had ten grand. <laughs> well, it depends what you want to spend the rest of I'd be of in the Ritz on. for Christmas. But, yeah, he may well not be going to Germany. And he'll gonna, he's going to show up again, gloating on Christmas Eve. I mean, the fact that they made a big <laughs> thing about the, uh, Speed Dial being open on Christmas oh, Day. Oh, yeah, that's true. Surely he's going to make an yeah, unwelcome right, okay. reappearance there. And Eliza's going to think that. it's brilliant. Stu's going to say, hey, but I gave you £10,000, like. And Yasmin will hear him saying that. Oh. That's what my prediction You're is. You're writing a really good story. Well, I mean, all the previews for the Christmas episodes are out now. I've stayed well away from them but it feels like it's maybe going down that, that route. Um, whatever it is, I just hope that this storyline is done and dusted by the time New Year comes around because we have had our fill of this, haven't we? There was even, um, I think it was The Mirror this week, published an article saying, Coronation Street fans demand an end to the boring stew storyline. Oh, no. <laughs> it really just feels so separate from everything else, doesn't it? It's like... It might as well be a Bailey storyline. It might. It, this is at least the... Yeah. Speaking of which, we've not seen much of... Uh, Stu- we haven't seen Sarge for two weeks. No. I haven't seen anything that's going on with the Baylors. Stu and Yasmin have been... They're just in their own little bubble. Really, really bad. Bad move. I was excited for when they got together. I don't but, know whether I was. Um, But it was always a weird relationship because I never bought that it was actually romantic. No, it felt like Yasmin needs a romantic interest Here's Stu. Here's, here's a guy. Yeah. Let's have him being really paranoid about him being a liar at the beginning just to drag up the, yeah. to the Jeff stuff again. Why don't you... Why can't we just have two people who want to be companions? I don't need that, but... Well, no. But why, why not, though? Why not have... It's a different sort of relationship, isn't it? I mean, the closest we ever had to that was Bet and Alec, but they had sex with each other, so even though they didn't love each other, they still had a sexual relationship. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I do buy that that Yasmin and Stu love each other and, like, she was saying, oh, who's the most handsome man in the street? Or, I can't remember what she said the other day. I, I get it. it. I'm just not interested but it feels in, like it they've in the slightest. Gone. This is what we were saying before about about different stages of your, your relationship. It feels like they, they skipped the, you know, the... Um, uh, the sexual attraction, it's exciting, fun phase, and they've skipped twenty years into the future where they barely even sit in the same room. But no, they do. I... But they, but they don't have any 
I don't, I don't think that they've got exciting there's no, chemistry. There's no chemistry. There's no chemistry. But even if there was, they feel like so separated off from everybody else in the programme. Yeah. and and They might as well live, you know, in the middle of the Sahara Desert in number six. They, they've got no chemistry. They've got nothing in common. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went it through all that with, with her, with him getting jealous of doesn't Roy. Work. Do you remember? Yeah. And he was feeling like a, you know, and he realised that he doesn't have anything in common. Hmm. You could get over that if you have, you know, the the other elements of, of a relationship. They don't have that either. I didn't. I, I at least enjoyed that there was a bit more development this week, and we find out more about Dom. Although even that is a, like a very convenient other family in Germany. Like what? what happened with it, though? It's just so weird. I'm not interested to find out. No, I know, but I think it's weird that whatever happened... Yeah, I think you're right. Do- Dom was so easily convinced by Stu, who knew nothing of the background of why they split up with each other. Well, he, he just saw the £10,000. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, I'll see you later. Mm. Which is what he wanted when he was trying to buy Eliza off of him a couple of months ago. So why did it work this time and not the first time? Because Stu was willing to give him the money. He didn't want to give him the... No. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Don't try and make me remember what happened in this dull storyline. But at least everything else this week was interesting. To me, I enjoyed the dog stuff. I enjoyed Stephen and his diary. Definitely enjoyed Ryan, Daniel and Daisy. That was the most... That was the best. That was definitely the best. I think we had the best chat with that for sure. Um, But on the whole, no, it's still a a decent week. I'm going to give it um, four of Jenny's saucy picks or (laughs) four saucy picks of Jenny maybe out of five this week. What are you giving it? I'm going to give it three and a half because I I realised how much I didn't care about the... Dog story. Taylor storyline. I'm really surprised. Um, three and a half gangster gods. Gangs- I don't know what that's from. Well, don't say it then. Well, give it to... No, I'll give it to whatever I want. Oh, fine. All right, then. Um, Character of I'm the week. I'm going to give it three and a half puppy mills then. How okay, about that? give it three and a half. Character of the week's puppy breeder. No, it wasn't. You're not giving it to Terry. Daniel. Daniel. Daniel character of the week. Because despite being being a massive ass and um, being very manipulative and horrible to Daisy, I was still fighting his corner. I just think it's a great choice of Coronation Street to have taken a character who is genuinely the victim in this situation. He'd done really nothing wrong up to this point and had been cheated on and lied to and just turned him into as big a villain as anyone else. (laughs) I think that's great. Lots of fun, lots of fun. Yeah. Right. And I want to see him push someone down the stairs because that will make the, the hat trick, wouldn't it? Yeah, you got to get the hat trick. Shall we, shall we move on and do some news? Yes. Cabin time and this was why we waited. This is the real reason why we waited an extra couple of days to release the episode. So we could include the result of Strictly Come Dancing and Ellie Leach has won. Hooray! Do, 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 is, that, is that the one? Do, 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 do. Hooray! Yes, Um, there's only so much genuine incitement that we can get over a programme that we don't actually watch. But honestly, I am very happy that it was Ellie and not anybody else that won. Yeah, good. Good for you. There there was definitely, it was a public vote at the end. We we didn't watch the finale, but we did have a couple of people who were texting us. Yes, exactly. We had a couple of people updating us as it went along and. um, she had to do a couple of dances, and uh, yeah, she 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 stuck it out. She was favourite really, really early on, and um, yeah, it was I'm just, really pleased for her. I'm really, really great. pleased, really especially happy. considering you know she didn't get the best deal in Coronation Street, and no, I, 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 I don't maybe know what this will translate to 
more jobs for her good. Yeah, well, I, I would hope so. And, and she's definitely is going on tour with the Strictly tour around the country thing that and they're going to be doing next year. They might even think about bringing her back to Corrie and giving her an actual part. <laughs> Don't go that far. Well, why not? I'd... They can see that she's popular and they can see that she's got another side to her that Corrie fans never get got to see, really. So they're going to have Faye come dancing back to Weatherfield. Well, where did she go? Um... Slough, how could you forget? Well, obviously, the transformational power of Slough will turn her into a bubbly, bright, dancey lady that has fun in life. I, I moaning 100% do not need to see Faye coming back to Coronation Street, but I am still Aww. really pleased for her. And it is lovely seeing all the support that she's got from her co-stars on, or her ex-co-stars yeah, on social media as well. They, it was, um, uh, it they showed... Things- they showed Cory bosses, didn't they? The plan worked. <laughs> oh yeah, the plan. Yeah. The rumored plan in the in the tabloids earlier this year that uh, they, they were going to get revenge engineered for, for Ellie for, for being sacked by making her win strictly. Having... So the Cory mafia strikes again. I saw some of her dances, and she was genuinely very very good. Yeah. And she's obviously charmed the viewers with her bubbly personality and stuff as well. So good good for her. Good for her. Hooray. Um And and uh, up next is what dancing on ice, I guess. Celebrity Big Brother, actually, I suppose, is happening in the new oh, year. We'd so, love to will see there be Corey any Curry people in either of those? I don't know. We won't be watching it. But at last, our time for reporting on Strictly Come Dancing is over for another year when I assume another Coronation Street or ex Coronation Street cast member will be strapping on those dance shoes and twirling about the floor. But okay, now that's is Ellie's. Enough. That, that's enough of that one. More celebrations then for Sarah Khan, who's up the duff no. with her first child. She's having a baby. She's got a bonnet oven. Oh, her God. and her boyfriend, Nathan, are expecting a baby next year. So that's lovely. They yeah. put some pictures on, was it on social media or was it in the mags? I can't remember this week, but she's definitely showing, isn't she? So um, I think it's safe to say, when are you due? Yeah. I expect to see plenty of scenes of Alia behind the counter at Speed Dial and not many other, but, run, to be away. honest. That, yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot of Harley this year, and I think when we have seen her, she's been behind the counter, so possibly expect no change before her mysterious disappearance. Does this mean that Alia is going to be getting some kind of dramatic exit story? Could she be tied in with whatever ends up happening with um, Ryan and Daisy and Daniel? Because she's got history, hasn't she, with Ryan? Does Alia... Remember, Gemma's thrilled at the prospect of that. Maybe she will go off for a little bit with them. Is it going to be a long maternity leave? Is it going to be a little Doesn't, mini one? Look, look. We'll she's find due out. in spring 2024. Congratulations. I'm sure you're very happy and... Um, Probably. Good, good job. A new Maggie Sullivan Coronation Street novel. She's having has a baby. No, she's she's given birth to another book next Christmas, and it is the very oh. inventively titled "Merry Christmas Coronation Street," following hot on the heels of "Snow on the Cobbles" and "Christmas on the Cobbles." There's only so many Christmassy themed titles. Festive Coronation Street. Yeah. Uh, seasonal Christmas Coronation so Street. So it's been a little Happy while. Holidays. It's been a little. We wouldn't call it that. It's been a little while since we had the it last... It should be Happy Christmas. Maggie Sullivan Coronation Street novel. And there was supposed to be one that came out this year. This um, celebration on Coronation Street was meant to be released to tie in with King Charles's um, coronation earlier this year, or there or thereabouts, because that's the one that was going to be set at the time of Queen Elizabeth II's coronation. And for whatever reason, that was delayed. And a date has finally been set for that for the 29th of February. So um, if anyone wants to get it for Wendy Peters for her birthday on that day, go right ahead. Um, and it's even got 
got a new cover. They're really stepping right away from all coronation-themed uh, imagery for the book because the original title had like Union Jacks flying around everywhere and now it's just got a big close-up of someone's face and some cherry blossoms but if you like the Maggie Sullivan Coronation Street wartime novels that 1952 one as I say is out in the 29th of February 1952 Mary... is not a wartime novel I know I know it's not but I, I kind of bundle all the Coronation Street novels up in wartime it is definitely post-war and um, I can only assume that Merry Christmas Coronation Street will similarly be set after the bombing has stopped, so maybe it'll be Christmas 1952. But she's going to have to start slowing down eventually, otherwise she's going to catch up to 1960, and then um, Boot Hitler up the already written that. So anyway, put yourself a pre-order in on Amazon, should you like to. So that's the seventh book, Merry Christmas, Coronation Street. Yeah, she's done a fair few. Because when I found Celebration on Coronation Street, it said one of six, book six, six of six. I know, I remember seeing that, so she's obviously been allowed she's to She's like, I've got a, a new more. idea, I've got a new idea, don't don't write me off too quickly, I've got a it's new a idea. It's a Christmas one, everybody. What about if we did another Christmas one? What, about, went, what, what about... Genius. What about 1950s Halloween on Coronation Street? No Did they have thing. it back then? No. Um, okay so um, Penny for the guy sticking on the on Coronation sticking on the subject of Christmas it was the Coronation Street Christmas party last weekend wasn't it where they all went off to the um, where was it the refuge bar in Manchester to have a jolly good time and a knees up and of course it wouldn't be a Coronation Street Christmas party without some festive fashion critique from Gemma Gemma anyone particularly um, pique your interest with their dress choice last weekend Yes. yes. Tina O'Brien. That's what I was going to say. Tina's not my favourite out of the few that I've seen. She wins best dress. She, she wins looks Christmas like a outfit. present. She has. She's got a giant bow over her crotch. No, it's not over her crotch. It's like around her waist. Oh, yeah. So it's she's got <laughs> a, a big red satin bow right around her waist that sticks right out. Um, and she's got a lovely pink diamante bustier top. I think that Tina O'Brien looks absolutely smashing. She does. And look, she's got a lovely red nail polish as well. I bet they were cold. This is a December party. What are you doing getting your legs out at this time of year, ladies? Well, then we've also got... Shanique Sterling Brown, I thought she was looks nice. Oh, she looks... She's got like tassels on the bottom tassels, of her, isn't she? her quite short dress. I know. <laughs> and um, a nice, a nice Tanisha Gorey knows what she's talking about. She's got... She's, yeah, she, she's got this her legs. very 90s, this kind of um, satin sheath dress yeah. with black strappy sandals. Yeah, and I and also then... quite, I like, the, well, not, I, I like the fact that Jenny McAlpine went there because I'm wondering, speaking on the subject of maternity leaves, when we're going to be seeing Fizz return from Norfolk because she's obviously doing such a great job at the uh, Norfolk branch of Underworld that they don't need her back at the moment. But um, anyway, she was at the Christmas party. Could this mean return for Fizz? Or does she just want to hang out with her mates? It's possibly that. She's wearing a black, um, a blue velvet um, jumpsuit, I think, maybe. And I love Molly Gallagher. She looks like um, one of the characters from The Matrix. She does. I was going to say Matrix-esque as well. She's got a burgundy leather jacket and a... It looks like a bronze dress. It could be leopard skin. Yeah, it might look like it might be. And a black choker. She's gone completely blonde. Yeah. And apparently, um, Charlotte Jordan, we can't tell from the photo on uh, the mirror, that but she was wearing a pair of velvet flares with a satin-style bomber jacket and platform boots. Oh, lovely. Yeah, and um, we've got um, Harriet Bibby, a summer spellman. She was wearing a miniskirt, black miniskirt with feathers on it. Um, presumably there were some men that went along to this party well, as well. Well, it says Alan but... Halsall. I can read there. Alan Halsall. 
Oh no, maybe no. he didn't go because he had a gammy he's leg. Got, he's got his bad leg, hasn't he? But anyway, the article that we've got, the mirror, they only, only show what the well, ladies think, are wearing. Yeah, yeah, they don't show the pictures from the Instagram. There's more pictures There's on Instagram. There's loads. People put a load of pictures up there. But Tina O'Brien wins it for me because I like a nice red outfit. And finally, in Festive. very, very tangentially Coronation Street related news, but we're going to mention it because we like Julie Hesmanhausch at the moment. And Catherine Kelly. And Catherine Kelly. And Will Mill is all right as well. But those three ex-Coronation Street stars will be um, in. acting in, I don't want to use the word starring again, but I'm going to say it, they will be starring in a drama in that's going to be on ITV on, from the 1st of January called Mr Bates versus the Post Office, which is uh, maybe more exciting than it sounds. No, no, this is awful. This oh, is on. terrible what happened here. This, there, there was an I okay, an IT glitch in their system made it, just at the post in the post office, made it look like people... <clears throat> were doing <coughs> wrong things and it was it was they got prosecuted they got their lives ruined they were they were thrown in jail they didn't do anything wrong none of them did anything wrong it was a stupid mix up on their goddamn systems and they knew about it and they sent all these people to to prison Oh. It's awful. I don't, I don't, was this in the news? Because if it was, I probably haven't heard about it. Was this in the non-cabin news? I don't think this has news? been as publicised as it should have been, honestly. Well, Gemma, just to it try and sweeten... It says one of the greatest the... miscarriages of justice in British legal history. Hundreds oh, of innocent sub-postmasters... When was this? When was it set? I don't think it was when that it long ago. Well, just to try You're and sweeten the deal questions. for you, Gemma, your, your new favourite actress, Monica Dolan, yeah. is also going to be She's appearing my friend in now. as a, a non Ex coronation I behind member. So um, I don't know. It's it's a four part series. It's I think it might be even shown over four nights at the beginning of it January. Like, so it's a cold witness night. Why not tune in and watch that? They were doing this up to two thousand and fifteen. Apparently, it started in the um, started like I think in nineteen ninety nine and went all the way up. What a jolly long time! And then, in two thousand and fifteen, and it was only two thousand nineteen that they realised or they admitted what they'd done. I thought it was disgusting. And it was only in 2022 when they realised they could make a drama out of it. Like, oh, guess what? Who do you want to play? Who do you want to play you? Catherine Kelly? Yes. Oh, can I have Monica Dolan, please? Who would you want? The hairs. I desperately want the hairs to play me. If if I was involved in any sort of horrible drama that ruined my life, I'd just hold dear onto the hope that maybe one day they might be able to convince... Uh, oh, 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 I want Charlotte Jordan to play me. <laughs> yeah. She's a bit she's a bit saucy and uh, sarcastic, just like I am. We're so alike. Well, in She'd that have case, to wear I'll taller shoes, though. Doing, doing me, all the topless shots. Oh, yeah. Um, right, let's, <laughs> let's finish off this delayed podcast so we can get it out, you lovely listeners, and do a bit of feedback. Feedback time! Thank you for everybody who has sent feedback this week, including all the well wishes to me and my sad lost voice. <coughs> I've made it through the end of the episode. I'm feeling a little bit hoarse still, but um, I think I think we've done an all right job. Um, what? I don't know what I was going to say. Time for the feedback. Ta- I've said that already. I was going to say Facebook poll. Last week's Coronation Street. We've waited a long time to find out what people thought about this, and it turned out that only 3.05 was the score that people voted last week's Cory, so not such a good week. Amy gave it three and a half boring book vouchers out of five. Jonathan, three value custard creams from Devs that taste like the bottom of a birdcage. And Loam was my pick of the week, who gave it three and a half refreshment and snacksidental overlaps at the book club. Thank you to those three and everybody else who sent us a message. So Dawn emailed us this week 
chipping in on the whole benefits debacle that's been um, going around with Gemma and Chesney and she says she would also like to know why they're not claiming them. If they are, it should be mentioned in the conversation as I'm sure they'd be entitled to loads of different things and if they're not, someone should suggest that they find out what they are entitled to. Another thing should also be a topic of conversation is one, NHS waiting times, two, went to see a GP, three, Went to see a dentist. This is a major subject that impacts the lives of the majority of the people in this country, but the folks in Corrie go to get a GP appointment straight away and there's never a long wait in A&E. I would actually, I totally agree with this, uh, about the, I think the dentist thing is a scandal. No, it really is. There's a there's a, a fellow colleague at work at the moment who's been needing to have a tooth out for, for months and she had to go private to get it done. But yeah. even, even then, she couldn't get it out straight away. It was still another month or so until she was able to get it done. We have got a real serious seeing a dentist I, problem here at the moment. Have you ever had really bad toothache? No, no, I haven't. I don't think... If you've not had bad toothache, you cannot understand the, the agony... And it's, it can actually, you can die from um, having an infected tooth. Mm. I think that a, the, the, a dentist story wouldn't be bad. I mean, is it, do they not like criticising the NHS in any way? That would possibly be the... being controversial politically, mm. but... Um, it is a thing that not, people I, are... I, I see it as a completely different... Um, thing to the NHS and I also don't see it as a failing of anybody that's involved in dentistry. No, there's just not enough of them. So if you're not from the UK, you might not know, but we do have, we we have free healthcare, we all know this, but we, our dentists are a different system and if you, it's so boring, but (laughs) there are NHS dentists and there are private dentists and the NHS dentists um, have patients and they pay for their treatment in three bands one of them is like you know 20 quid odd one of them 60 quid odd and one of them's like 200 or something and whatever you get done it comes under one of those three bands if it's very complicated dental work you might have to pay quite a lot of money but it's nowhere near the price of a of a a private dentist and they can't do everything but the trouble is the dentists don't get paid very much for their nhs patients and the government doesn't cover stuff so a dentist can decide if they want to be have nhs patients or not and a lot of them have private and nhs patients but finding an nhs dentist is like impossible in some places in this country Mm. you only got into our you you had an nhs dentist yeah and then and then they closed yeah and then you didn't have a dentist at all i've been at my dentist for about 30 years Mm -hmm. And I was a patient. I phoned up and asked them, I'm looking for a place for a dentist. My husband needs a needs a place. And they were like, sorry, we can't. And I said, oh, well, I'm already a patient. And they said, okay, well, in that case, he can he can join. But it's only because I was already mm. in there that you got your your place. I don't, it sounds like this like could mafia. be the making of an interesting curry story. But I, I, I think it would work better as a dentist because it is such a massive joke that anybody is able to get an ad- appointment with Dr. Gaddis at the drop of a hat. If all of a sudden she wasn't able to do well, that I, anymore. I just want to be... say, um, if you do that, you just close the avenue for people to go to the GP for this, that and the other thing or... But the dentist, no one ever talks about their teeth on Coronation Street. No, no one no one goes to the dentist except to say they've got a dentist appointment, maybe if they're pretending they're, ha- you know, they're having an affair. <laughs> yeah, or so, they're trying to get out of work at the factory. For so the having a dentist storyline, I think, would be really good because... 
we did have um evil dentist boyfriend of uh, of oh, Sean. Yeah, he could the come back. Year. He'd be like, I don't want NHS patients. They're all poor. <laughs> <laughs> it would. I just. I. I don't know how touchy and sensitive a subject it would be. It's not. It's not. I don't think it's. I don't. I can't see how this could offend people, and I think it's important. If Coronation Street wants to talk about what life is like, especially for working class people, like yeah, I would really cry if I had to go to a private dentist and pay for my treatment because I've got bad teeth. If I had to pay for private care, I'd just cry about it. I wouldn't not be able to get it and not afford it. I'd have to go without some things I don't want to go out without. But if I was a working class person who had to have private if I didn't have any money to start with and I'm having to pay a thousand pounds for x-rays and my tooth to be taken out what yeah. do what do you do it's not necessarily you... the most interesting of stories but it, it could would be, be one really that ref- interesting. it would be reflective of experience that a lot of viewers will I have don't, been going I through I disagree with you about that I think that there's I think that it would just get people riled up mm. it feels like it, at the very least it, it could like be it the subject be, of an Evelyn rant it might be a bit soapboxy is the, the only yeah Okay, so when has Curry ever shied away from doing an issues based storyline before? Well, if they want to protest about something, why not have why not have all the oldies turn up outside the dentist surgery that's closing and protesting and getting Maria to complain to the council, etc., etc. A character who has toothache, yeah, you know, somebody, and and they could really go in into you know we had Joseph have have sep not Joseph. Who was it? Jack had sepsis and had to have his leg amputated. There are serious complications that can occur if somebody can't access dental care. care And it drives me mad that in this country where we we preen ourselves all day long about how it's free and the healthcare is free, you still have to pay for your eyes and your teeth. And those are not negotiable body parts, as far as I'm aware. (laughs) Um, the the email Dawn. also goes on. Dawn says that she's uh, not very happy about how many victims we've got as characters at well, the she moment. She reels off. Watch it, but thinks most of the people are. Yeah, she she reels off. Ryan, Peter, Leah, Amalia, Paul, Gemma, Ed, Nina, Joseph, Lauren, Daisy, Daniel. Lots of victims, and it's all getting very depressing. Well, I mean, we can't have a dentist storyline then. Yeah, because that it would just, be another uh, victim. <laughs> I'll just have one of those. I'm sure some yeah, of those could sign tri- up for what's it. What's the triumphant story? What's the story that's happened this year where somebody went, I'm going to do something? Probably the closest we've got is the Paul storyline where he's um, well, not being die, too down in the dumps about gonna having MND. I'm going to go skinny dipping first. Yeah. Yeah, nobody does anything, do they? Things happen to Amy, Amy triumphantly um, yeah, overcame true. her spikers in the club the other week. Yeah, this is my <coughs> this is my pledge for Coronation Street for 2024. I think all the characters should... Um, should strive to do something. Let's have something. Where they, let's have something where everyone can get together and go, "Hooray, we did it!" Yeah, good on us. Yeah, we, and the community. We kept the dentist open. Yeah. Right, Rebecca's written. In, oh, I forgot to say earlier. Um, we said before we're going to be um, cutting down some of these emails. So this is the Reader's Digest version um, of some of these emails. Even though we're not recording this at one o'clock in the morning. No. Which is sometimes the case. We're trying, to keep the, we're trying to keep the um, length of the podcasts down a bit. But picking out hopefully <laughs> we some We say of... as we're rapidly approaching the three hour mark. I think that's okay. So yeah, so um, we cut out some of this. But Rebecca's got... Um, uh, talking about the Ryan and Daisy and Daniel storyline, she's on Daniel's side, but he needs to stop watching the video for his own mental well-being. 
I'm wondering if he won't tell Daisy that he knows and continues to string her along. Ryan is definitely not leaving for Scotland, although I can't see Crystal sticking around, so maybe the truth comes out and Crystal leaves. Oh, what a shame so that did, would be. Did Crystal find out they'd had an affair, forgotten? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, gosh, she should just go. <laughs> Finally, I've changed my mind about Lauren. I think she's getting the, the items from pawnbrokers, like you two said in last week's show, and putting them in fancy boxes. Did we say that? I don't... I think you said... You said some... You you said that he, she put it in a box. I can't remember at all what I, I said. I don't remember saying that. I, I, I just... I don't know. had a bit but of she's uh, getting break it put, from the Lauren's But she got it put week. through the door, though. One of the necklaces yeah, was that's put what through I thought. the door. That's what I thought. I don't know. She's doing something, isn't she? I saw a theory about it, which I can't say because it is a spoiler. Oh, okay, fine. But I don't know if it... I don't think the theory is a spoiler, but involves a spoiler, if that (laughs) makes sense. Character of the week is Evelyn, but Daniel was close second. I'll give this week three and a half times. Dev didn't brawl with peeps on the street out of five. (laughs) Um, Nancy says that Daniel made a mistake getting the gym to rescind the job offer. I don't think that Jenny, Carla or Debbie will like it when it comes out. I don't think Daniel made a mistake. I think he was... Do you really? He should have left him alone. Do you reckon? This was underhanded. It's none yeah. of his business. This I is... love a bit of underhanded yeah, Daniel. This... Have I not made my position okay. on this clear? But this is just Daniel all over, isn't it? He thinks he's so much more superior. Even when he's doing the same sort of thing that Ryan did in the first place. Like sneaking around. <laughs> um, he knows it. He knows it's wrong. It's like... Such a swatty teacher thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> Nancy, says that, Nancy says that Daniel needs to get over seeing Ryan as a threat. Well, I'm sorry, he is a threat. Um, I do want Daisy and Daniel to get married, though. They could be the next dead ring, Ken. See, this is what we were saying. I would not mind seeing a fight between Daniel and Ryan Did you either. like it, Nancy? Ryan's not going to go off with Crystal. Simon could be the one that tells Ryan about what Daniel did. And Daniel does think does take Daisy for granted. Well, also, Nancy said that she reckoned that Daniel could take da- could take Ryan. Now, if they had a proper fight and no one was there to stop them and they were seriously out to Ryan do damage... Ryan is pumped up. What happened to him getting his roid rage? That was just went nowhere. Punched a wardrobe. If he'd have been... If he'd, like, shot himself up in the bum before taking on uh, Daniel... I suppose Daniel was the one that started the fight. Maybe Dan, maybe Ryan's going to realise that it's time for round two next week and he'll just Didn't pump himself full of juice and say, right then, Mr Osborne, let's have it. Yeah. So, see... Daniel's got unhinged rage inside him and that makes him dangerous and unpredictable. Ryan's definitely... I think Ryan's stronger. Has he got hinged rage? Is that a thing? Yeah, hinged void rage. (laughs) Um, Nancy gave last week's Coronation Street three mint imperials out of five with Evelyn being her character of the week. So thank you. Thank you very much. And, to everybody and thank else. you again to Brandy for our patron. Oh, yes. New patron. Um, thank you very much. said before, keep saying it, um, about the charity stuff. Well, you can also email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. We will read your comment out if it's interesting enough. <laughs> we will. We, we will indeed. That is a guarantee. Yeah. But if we Let's don't say, read your email... Don't, don't think, assume that it's no, because it's I, not interesting. I might have just opened it and then forgot to mark it back as unread again. And then when I... Why don't you email, have a folder for... I don't feedback. do folders with my emails. Well, you, maybe you should start. Maybe I should. Maybe that's my New Year's resolution. Yeah, do folders. Um, yes, you can we contact... We all know that Stephen loves folders. He does, he does. Especially locked ones. Instagram, Twitter, we're on Spotify, um, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon. Thank you, everybody, for supporting us. And across our various channels. Um, it definitely means a lot. Yeah, thank you. Um, 
Please don't forget to vote in the Conversation Street Awards 2023. You can find the links on our social media pages. And don't we will be releasing an episode soon when we get around to recording it. What is the maybe. website? It's a really long one. It's just a random Google Forms one. We don't do SurveyMonkey anymore because they've made it pay only for to get in lots of people voting. Um, yeah, so go and vote. We still haven't checked. We never look to see how the vote's going before we've cast our own votes, which we always do when the vote closes, which is usually around Christmas Eve kind of time. I'm very, very excited with some of the um, categories to see how things turn out. Um, also, don't forget to look at our interview with Charlie Domeno. Thank you again, Charlie, for coming on to the show this week. It was lovely to talk to you about Doctor Who. Um, that was possibly our one and only episode of Conversation Street that had pretty much nothing to do with Corrie. But... I still think some people liked it and I heard some people even say some lovely things that even though they don't watch Doctor Who they enjoyed listening to the interview or watching it as well so that's good that's good isn't it means we can talk about anything and some people will still like it like dentists yeah Um, scandal if you would like to hear us talk about any other things that happen to be of interest to us or just drop into our heads then come back next week for more Conversation Street and um, we'll see we'll see what's going on I don't, I don't, I didn't have, I didn't have right. steam to finish that goodbye. sentence there. Um, goodbye, everybody. See you next time. Ta-ra for now. And the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs>